and gentlemen, we, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, folks. We broadcast live each, each and every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. Thanks so much for your belief and trust in us. You know, we've got so much to talk about. The news just exploding. Well, it is exploding, figuratively, I suppose, only to be perhaps literal. We've seen so much happen this weekend. It's it's incredible. Um, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. We had um, Eric the Tech is will be back tomorrow, and uh, the reason I say that, of course, two minutes before showtime, before airtime, our the software interface that allows us to broadcast on YouTube. That we paid thousands upon thousands of dollars for. Our, uh, whatever the software is that we use to stream the YouTube videos, I don't want to name it here, but. No, we're not going to name uh, it. It's always a, a green light when you start the streaming. This software has to be on to do the blog talk and YouTube. And it's been acting real funny. Like right now it's flashing from green to yellow to red. So if you guys are getting a bad, if you can hear me now on YouTube and you're getting a bad audio signal, switch over to Global Star Satellite Radio. Or Blog Talk Radio. Either way, this will be up on YouTube, uh, the archive, certainly. So, uh, please, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, I was speaking with uh, Dave Hodges yesterday. I was speaking with a couple of other people, including some pretty big-time uh, talk show hosts uh, over the weekend. And everyone's saying, look, get as many subscribers on your YouTube channel as you possibly can. All right, because, okay, uh, Joe? Uh, okay, hey folks, talk amongst yourselves for a second. I'm going to have a conversation with Joe, who's playing Eric the Tech right now. Um, I am showing a live stream here. Okay, Jack's okay. not moving. I see that at least in my feed. Well, uh, hold on a second. L- let me help you. So, yeah, you guys go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. <clears throat> Let's see here. Uh, all right. Looks, we're looking good. We're looking good over on YouTube. Hey, and, and I, I apologize, everyone. There, so, so okay. okay, I apologize, everyone, for for kind of having to do this. Mister Bracken on the line, just okay. enough. We do. All right. Well, folks, regardless, please subscribe to our YouTube feed, uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, do that as well. Uh, a couple of big time, uh, pretty well known talk. I mean, if I if I said your name, you know, or their names, you know, them. saying, look, uh, we need to duplicate YouTube channels and have people subscribe and. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So definitely do that, and also Global Star Radio, where that's where that's our home base. Global Star, uh, Global Star Satellite Radio. Thank you so much for carrying our broadcast, and of course Blog Talk Radio. Portions of Life's broadcast brought to you by Pro Flowers. You know, everyone loves to get flowers or little gifts. My wife just loves it. And, and guys, have you forgotten your anniversary? Have you ever done that? If you're if you're not nodding yes, then you know what you're fibbing. I know some people, uh, actually my wife forgot our anniversary one year. 
was able to hold that against her. But at any rate, Pro Flowers, that's our go-to company. They've got a special offer, offer just for our listeners. You get $10 off your purchase of $29 or more. Go to proflowers.com to snag this great deal. Just go to proflowers.com and enter the code Hagman. That's H-A-G-M-A-N-N at checkout. Thank you, Pro Flowers, for being, uh, for being there for us and for our listeners. What a great deal. All right. So Matt Bracken, unless you've been living under a rock lately, you know the name Matt Bracken. Enemies foreign and domestic. Enemies foreign and domestic. And, uh, Matt's written some fantastic books. He's, he was born in Maryland back in 57. We're about the, almost the same age. And we, he graduated from the University of Virginia back in 79 with a degree in Russian studies. Oh boy, we got some stuff to talk about. He was commissioned in the U.S. Navy through the, uh, NROTC program at UVA, then graduated from basic underwater demolition SEAL training class 105 in, uh, Coronado, California. That's right. He served on East Coast UDT and SEAL teams taking a uh, Naval Special Warfare Detachment to Beirut back in 83. Not quite your uh, family vacation, let me tell you. Uh, he left active duty after Lebanon upon completion of his obligated military service, but remained in active reserve status right through the remainder of the 80s. And since then, he's lived in Florida, Virginia, South Carolina, Guam, California, and he's done so much. In fact, he he, <laughs> he finished building a 48-foot steel sailing cutter on his own design. That's of his own design on which he's done extensive ocean cruising. Now, that is... Did you ever watch the show NCIS? Gibbs, boat in the boat in the basement. Matt Bracken is the, you know, he's the real life version, and the boat's not in the basement, but uh, in the ocean. Matt Bracken, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm. Uh, I'll up try in this the, again, uh, Matt Bracken. Southern Appalachian there we go. tonight. Wow. Okay, you're uh, not too far from us. Glad then. that your uh, video. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that Skype wasn't working because. Uh, the internet was less than expected up here, so we're both audio at each end. That, that's right. Well, we're, we're we're good to go though. Matt Bracken, I was I, I've read your stuff. I've seen you. Uh, your material has been discussed on numerous platforms on the internet. You are a knowledgeable guy. Um, where do you want to start? First of all, where, where people know you, but where in the world? Pun intended. Do you want to start? Well, we can, we can zoom in just to today and the uh, you know the latest Susan Rice disclosures. But really, what we're seeing is uh, okay. We're seeing like the ten percent visible of the iceberg of a civil war being fought to right now within the federal government. I mean, it's an actual no holds barred fight, um, and we're just seeing the you know through the keyhole what we can as laypersons, but. You know, there is, we're already in a civil war. We're just in the intra-government phase of the civil war. Will this spill over into the streets? Uh, well, I think it, I think it already has. And, yeah, I think it already has. And, and the, uh, you know, things like what happened in Berkeley or Middleton are just, you know, symptomatic. But um, what the left is hoping for is they really thought that Hillary was a lock. You know, they thought that globalism was a lock, Brexit was an anomaly that they would overcome. Um, 
and they're in complete shock now, and they're falling back to the old, the old Marxist, uh, sort of like a um, ghetto bust out, real estate bust out. They're doing the, um, they're they're doing the uh, burn down the house phase where. If we can't get it through the ballot box, we're just going to disrupt everything. That's what the resistance, quote-unquote, is about. And when they're shooting in the streets, they're going to say it was all Trump's fault. But they're begging for somebody to do a magazine dump into a crowd, whether it's right or left or false flag. You know, they're going for a – this is basically a destabilization operation. And so it's so uh, – it's just charming, charming to um, – Listen to Democrats today talking about Russia as a boogeyman when they loved the communist Soviets and talking about, you know, the purity sure. of the CIA and God help us that somebody's trying to interfere in our elections with the record of our country and interfering in everybody's elections, you know, going, maybe they were for good reasons, you know, going back to Iran and Guatemala, right through, um, you know, Israel and Ukraine. And now we're, Yep. Our Democrats, at least, are all shocked. They're just shocked. The Russians tried to interfere in our elections, like a, like this is a this is a whore hiding out in a convent. <laughs> She's shocked. So it's it's great times <laughs> to be watching history unfold. But you know, it's sort of a it's sort of a play that we've all seen before many times. And the only uh, you know the only novelty yeah. to it is watching Democrats pretending to be virgins in a whorehouse. That's the funny part. Man, <laughs> what a what a colorful way of really painting. What a, what a beautiful picture of, of how things really are. Um, okay, and, and as we sit and look at this, and I, I kind of want to go back one by one to what you said because I think it's so important. And by the way, folks, uh, Matt Bracken is our guest, enemiesforeignanddomestic.com, which you can click on the essays and that will take you down or take you to the burning platform.com where you can find uh, Matt's essays and uh, the one that uh, I found very interesting I find them all interesting but extremely interesting is burning the house burning down the house in 2016 where you see sure. war in the near future right you know, it's it, a way to although, wipe out the book it's a way to wipe out the books and and this is something that you see every century yeah. or so but what 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 the phase that we're at now and it's so ironic. It's it's such a humongous paradox. It's like it's like a paradox the size of a supernova that the left, the cultural Marxists, are allied with you know the biggest of the big capitalists. Just like when Armand Hammer was you know financing uh, Trotsky and Lenin. So the biggest capitalists that know that when the house burns down, you know when the when the derivatives implode, when the stock market crashes. They're, they need a boogeyman to blame all of this on. So they're going, and they don't want to be around to uh, face any congressional hearings, that's for sure. So it's better to have a collision. They'll be safely offshore. They'll be, you know, in Patagonia or New Zealand or gosh knows where. But they'll wait for the uh, implosion to occur. They'll still own the gold. They'll still own the real estate, you know, no matter how many cutouts they need. They'll have, they'll still be owners. And when all is said and done and when the fire dies down, they'll still be in charge. And the books will have been destroyed. This, this is how you, this is how you just clear the decks and set up a new, you know, a new era and not be wiped out personally in the meantime. 
So they're going for the total Marxist bust-out. That's what happens next. So they're just praying for an Oklahoma City. They're praying for, uh, you know, a Pulse nightclub, but uh, by the right against the left. That's what they're trying to instigate. And then it's going to be game one. okay. And when, when the implosion you know, happens, yeah. it wipes out the books. It clears the books. Exactly. Now, here's a point that I need to ask you because I've spent this past weekend looking at a lot of your writings. But, but help me out with this. You have a, a as you put it, a magazine dump on a on a crowd. Walk me through what that would look like. Walk walk the audience through what that would look like. And then, of course, not the carnage, but the the aftershocks of that. Um, perhaps as a false flag or um, as a you know, it, it could to, be instigated or it could be a false yeah. flag. Remember, we're in a, in a nation of more than 300 million people. You know, it's just statistically um, uh, only possible that there are are a million you know uh, fringe cases, very labile personalities, um, easily triggered by things they see on. The internet, they could be your Travis Bickle type, you know, the, the, uh, taxi driver, you know, getting messages through his television or his YouTube. Um, but they're out there waiting for messages and there are lots of messages. One of the biggest messages that's extent today is that Trump is Hitler. And since Hitler, it would have been better morally to kill Hitler as a child. Somebody should kill Trump. So there, there's virtue signaling going on for assassination at the top level. You know, the, the entire country, I think, is primed like Fort Sumter, except in in 1861, uh, Fort Sumter. How many? There were only a few cannons aimed at Fort Sumter, but there are millions of AR-15s out there, and you know there are dozens of mobs and crowds. I think that there's going to be something at, at a level of a Oklahoma City either legit or false flag. Mm-hmm. But after that, the the left media is going to be in 24-7 Oklahoma City mode blaming the right. And it'll be like a Sandy Hook shooting, probably, in, in terms of blaming the gun, blaming the right-wing gun culture, Second Amendment. And they're going to go full force that direction, full force. But that's just That's just social and political. You know, that, that doesn't mean that, uh, anything happens that affects society generally. But sooner or later, there's going to be something that spills into riots at the level that, that, uh, supermarkets are looted, for example. Now, you always see in a Marxist bust out, you always see food riots. You have to see food riots. You can't take a nation of happy peasants and have them have a revolution. Going all the way back to the French Revolution, this was an instigated grain shortage. This was an arranged grain shortage. There was no absence of grain in France. This was people that came in and decided to do a move on the market, cause artificial shortages in order to instigate food riots and use that as a, as a trigger for a revolution. This isn't something that we're seeing new. You know, some of the technical modalities are new, like the EBT system instead of, you know, uh, farms and bringing grain into Paris. But it comes down to the same thing. When people's uh, refrigerators are empty and when they're hungry, they'll be likely to stampede in crazy directions. 
And that's where we come into a, you know, a revolutionary moment in this country. And I think it, it could be, you know, months from now or years from now, but I think it's coming soon. Sort of like a pressure cooker on a stove. I agree. The pressure is building inside. Nobody can say the second that it's going to blow up, but nobody can deny the pressure is building inside the pressure cooker. The fire's there, steam is coming out. Exactly. It's shaking on the stove. So when it happens, I don't know. But we're in a pre-revolutionary moment. You know, like before the czars are thrown out of the Soviet Union or before Mao comes in China. That's the moment we're in in this country. I just don't know what form it's going to take. It's probably more likely it will look like Argentina or Chile, you know, with a counterpooch from the right that eventually, you know, will may or may not succeed. But yeah, I, I don't see just a left victory. It might be possibly a, a Pinochet uh, type of, uh, you know, strike from the right, but the American Republic will be dead afterwards. That's a given. And that's the best case. Worst wow. case is, that, that, is a... Uh, that, wait, 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 wait. That's Rwanda the best case. Bosnia. That... And then it's all bets are off. You know, if the supermarkets are looted, it's going to be very hard to restart this country. Very hard. Sorry, that was a lot right there. Well, you know, first of all, I want everyone, um, if you're listening to this broadcast, look back in history to the references Matt Bracken made to, to really comprehend the gravity of the situation. And, and I think you're, you're 100% accurate as to, as to what you said, but the, the, the final sentence that you, that you, that you said, or one, toward the end was, that's the best case scenario. Uh, that's troubling in, in, right. on many levels, you know. Yeah, there, there, there are many cities that are overrun by jungle, you know, where a century after the civilization collapses, the natives don't even know what's in the jungle. And nobody's around that remembers the civilization. I'm not saying it would necessarily be like that, but, if we have a, any kind of a crisis that leads to a power uh, a grid short, a grid uh, collapse, a power situation, it almost doesn't matter what triggers it. It could be a solar flare, or it could be a cyber attack, or it could be a bank failure that cascades across, you know, to where uh, people aren't being paid to go to work, so they don't go to work. But if the power goes down. It's, it's, we're in a, we're going to be in a very dire situation. Very dire situation. Right. And the problem is, like a Katrina across the country, if the power goes out for a week and the supermarkets are all looted, the Walmarts are all looted, how do you restart that? How do you just get it to start flowing again? It's like a big clock. If you stick a crowbar through a clock, you might only stop one gear, but the whole clock stops. And then how do you restart it? And, and well, point well, that's true. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure in this case the way you described it, it that you possibly could. Um, Matt, so many people uh, cite have cited your work, your uh, your your series, uh, enemies foreign and domestic. Uh, uh, the enemies, domestic enemies, and foreign enemies, and of course, uh, Gustavo K. and uh, 
the the Bracken anthology, but but the first three I've, I mentioned, so many people have cited your work. I've seen it on various survival blogs, forums, websites. Um, I, I have to ask you. You are speaking from experience, personal experience, and visual assessments of places you've been and uh, some of the war gamings you've seen. I, I take it is that right? Yeah, and 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 just really being an avid student of history. You know, we're in a we're in a fantastic era where the entire uh, Library of Congress can fit into like three shoeboxes in hard drive space. And the the reason I learned that is because what the NSA is is building or has built to store everything, you know, is like the biggest enclosed building in, ever in history, like bigger than the uh, Boeing plant out in Seattle, full of storage, right. and the entire Library of Congress fits into three shoeboxes. But the beautiful thing is that the entire Library of Congress is available at our fingertips for the moment through search engines. So nobody has an excuse not to be educated about history. We're not seeing this right. bust out, this Marxist bust out. It's not like a new thing. It's not original. They're going back to the same playbook. And, and more fool us, you know, uh, fool me once, shame on me. But more fool us if we go for it again. I mean, we have now the lessons of history. In St. Petersburg, how many, in, in 1917, how many Russians could have, you know, con- connected that with the French Revolution? But today we can. So shame on us right. if we don't, you know, connect these dots and draw the bigger picture. Because that's what's going on. We're at the end of an era. It's one of these turnings, like the, Bannon is supposed to be a fan of this book, The Fourth Turning. Uh, Richard right. Prechter has another great book on that. But they're, you know, we're at the end of an epoch. And in, in 1914, right before World War I, things were great. It was considered that history had been, had been written, that modernity had arrived. Every, you know, they, they had figured out technology, feeding the world, communication, transportation. That was in 1914, right before World War I, obviously. But I feel like that's where we are now. We're, we're poised on like a hinge. And history is about to make a big turn, and you can learn so much if you study what's happened before us. But nobody does. We're all treating this like, like you know, this is all just coming out of a vacuum, and it's coming from it's it's the way that I look at it. It's more like wheels and gears, you know, over over centuries and millennia, and we're just watching the wheels rotate around again, and. Except, unfortunately, you know, we today, and especially people younger than us, we're going to be living through cataclysmic times. I have no doubt about that. I hope I'm wrong. I I I hope that I'm wrong. I don't want to be like Matt Bracken, Mr. Bummer, right? I would much prefer that everybody talk about me as you know, as a, a hyperbolic, you know, moron. That was that would be my. I would just like to write detective genre fiction. Yeah, I'd sure. like to do just espionage novels, but I can't because yeah, we're here. I, 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 you know, and, and I and I can feel, I can feel that, and I felt that as I as I perused and, and went through and read your your work, your essays. Again, Matt Bracken is our guest. Enemies foreign foreign and domestic dot com. 
uh, his series. And, and you know, um, just, just to be clear, I, I want to make sure I don't, uh, misspeak here. Um, the, um, your, uh, to, to, to help you out would be to go to, uh, your, uh, the essays, their essays and links page, right? Uh, um, yeah, on my website, I have a website, enemiesforeignanddomestic.com, but if people go to right. Amazon, I've got like 2,500 reviews, which, um, yeah. it's funny how things change in different eras, but, you know, in, uh, 2017, uh, Having 2,500 reviews with a four and a half star ratings rating makes, uh, you know, gives me some credibility, I suppose, other than just being, you know, boat builder, <laughs> former, uh, one-time Navy SEAL. But, um, you know, this is... Oh, you, you've, you know, you've got credibility, <laughs> oozing credibility. And, and, and your work, as I went through it, um, I, I just, I got this, the, the big picture sense uh, about you, um, you know about when you, you of course you read about uh, uh, Tet Take Two, for example, Islam's 2016 European yeah. offensive, and and how and yeah, how well, well thought I, I out. Learned how, not to, I learned not to put a date on. I learned not to name a date of a year on that, but I still think I'm on the well, same trajectory. It's just that it's just that uh, it didn't completely go off the rails in 2016. So I think it's still going off th- the rails. No, but I was but, pretty much putting a date on it. Yeah, but, I mean, but when you look demog- at it, it's still isn't... going off the rails. Demographic absolutely seal the state. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and that's again, I, I like the uh, the appearance. I like the big picture, uh, uh, the way you paint the big picture here. Um, all right, Donald Trump. You had mentioned, of course, and, and you had referenced uh, earlier on Susan Rice. The news about her being named uh, the. Uh, the person who did the unmasking, and, and, and well, the, the real, uh, in my view, anyway, the, the real crime um, would be the uh, uh, publication of the information. And um, I, I think, uh, along with Rice, there's Rhodes and others. But but um, right. then we've got news Brother with North Korea. It, 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 there you go. So, but but how do uh, I guess we can back up and, and touch on any in all things, um, however you want to, um, whatever's first and foremost on your heart, mind, and uh, what you think is most important. It kind of triaging the the headlines of this past weekend and today. Well, um, well, Susan, well, Susan Rice takes us back to Benghazi, and yep. what we can Benghazi is to me like a, a uh, petri dish uh, biology example. Of, inf- of an information warfare campaign, which is literally uh, feeding a false narrative into the media. Now, this is something that our CIA, God bless them, has been doing as their primary charter since they were founded in the late four- in like '48. You know, co-op- corrupting uh, foreign newspaper editors, uh, media people. Uh, getting them to insert a false narrative. Now, of course, there has to be some kernel of truth. You know, a plane really did crash. A guy really was shot. But then using a kernel of truth to plant an entire false narrative into a national discussion, sometimes leading to elections or coups, etc. But that's what they've, that's what they did. Well, we've seen that now turned inward. So that information weapon has been faced against our own country, and we've seen that 
very starkly under Obama, and Benghazi was, of course, a prime example. When Benghazi went off the rails, this was just literally, a, you know, weeks before an election, and their, I think that their biggest fear during the time of the attack was was something like a Black Hawk Down scenario, you know, with with a big gunfight in Libya, because they were saying we've We've solved terrorism, you know, we've got Iraq under control, things are rolling into Obama's re-election. So they whipped out a videotape or a YouTube, uh, you know, a YouTube video, The Life of Muhammad, which they kind of had in the, in the drawer. It was like on the shelf. In case of, in case of a, uh, a flap in the Middle East, pull out Life of Muhammad. So Susan Rice and Valerie Jarrett, uh, ben Rose, Obama, Michelle Obama, they decided to lie about Benghazi and insert a false narrative into the the meme stream, you know, the, the national consciousness. And it worked short term and then it blew up in their face. Of course, since they have the media, you know, the entire mainstream media as cooperating players or allies, it never did them any huge damage, but I think that I think that um, you know it's it's just coming full circle now with Susan Rice and today's uh, you know reporting on on uh, you know the unmasking. The unmasking right. itself, I mean, it's a small issue. What we're talking about really is the weaponizing of, of the entire federal administration. You know, we had before Benghazi, we had Fast and Furious, which was a Program to have a body count in Mexico that could be blamed on blamed on American guns. That's what Fast and Furious was. People had to die in Mexico to discredit the Second Amendment. Hundreds died, and a couple of American agents died. And the lesson from that was that nothing happened to the Obama administration. You know, the previous Attorney General had to quit. He was held in contempt of Congress. But there was really nothing that happened to him. He's making millions as a, you know, consulting attorney now. And we saw the IRS weaponized and turned against conservatives. The same IRS commissioner is still in charge. What kind of blackmail hold does he have on somebody? <laughs> you know, we still have a weaponized IRS. So why wouldn't we have a weaponized FBI, a weaponized NSA, a weaponized NSA, all of them? I mean, it's just where we are today. I mean, Trump is trying to turn this back. He's certainly not a, in any way a perfect man, but at least he's resisting. And look at the guns that are out for him now. Yeah. I mean, it's a... I'll be amazed if he makes um, it through four years. And, 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 you know, I said that very same thing, and, boy, did I get a lot of heat, you know. Uh, please don't say that, you know, uh, uh, people writing me and, and, and how, how dare you say that? But man, he, he, he does. A lot of, a lot of those, uh, uh, deep state guns are turned inward toward Trump. And, and I. Yeah, and uh, in the media, I, in I, acad- everywhere wow. in academia, in most of media, they're, they're so, you have, people have to understand what a destabilization, uh, process is, what a destabilization plan or program is. You know, it's, Something that our CIA primarily had a lot of has had a lot of experience at. 
And it's all great when it's from Banana Republic, and there's a guy we don't like, and we want him out. And we want a friendly person in, you know, whether it's from the left or from the right, whether it's for, you know, big agriculture or for some Papa Doc type, whatever the lo- you know, whatever the reason is that year, the CIA, what they've been expert at is destabilizing regimes that are unpopular. All they've done is turn these weapons inward against Americans and lately against Trump. That's what we're seeing. That's what this is all about. You know, this is way bigger than Watergate. But the fact that the media is still holding and not even mentioning the name of Evelyn Farkas, for example. You know, there, it's like we're living in 1984 and she never even made it to the memory hole stage. She never even got mentioned. Yeah, that's the, the mainstream media today can do a block. If, if something, if something, it's like a tree falling in the forest and makes no sound. Does it make a sound if nobody's there? Well, if the mainstream media just lies by omission and never reports a scandal, then there's no scandal. It's like living exactly. in Romania or North Korea almost. Evelyn Farkas, what role has she played? Uh, um, she was the deputy. Uh, um, oh my goodness! Uh, Department of Defense. Well, she was right? a she was a, a national security staffer, and then she went to then she quit in uh, government federal service in 2015 and went to work for the Hillary campaign. But she was still getting the uh, intelligence dumps, obviously, based on what she said on right. Morning Joe. She thought that it was such a fait accompli. Remember, this is. This is this is a very schizophrenic media. On on the very day of uh, Trump's inauguration on January twentieth, the New York Times had right next to his picture where he's like him and Melania are walking across a tarmac or something. They had a headline right next to his face saying, "You know, Russian wiretaps show Trump uh, blah blah blah." Because at, at that day, on January 20th, they were interested in how can we cause the maximum disgrace and damage to his party, his inauguration day. Let's put a headline about Russian wiretapping and intel skullduggery right next to him on page one. But then two weeks later, he tweets, I'm being wiretapped, and they go 180 degrees and talk like, He's out of his mind. What is he talking about? Wiretapping. He should have just held up the New York Times headline from January 20th. This is what I'm talking about. Are you reporters just liars? Were they lying then to say there were Russian wiretaps? Or are they lying now when I, when they say I'm crazy to talk about Russian wiretaps? But the, the, it's, it's so hermetically, perfectly sealed that people that only listen to, you know, only watch, say, CNN a little bit, you know, or MSNBC a little bit, they're completely misinformed, like North Koreans. But unlike, you know, North Korea, there's an alternate media, and they're almost operating as if there's not this counter-narrative out there. You know, back when it was Dan Rather, going even further back, back when it was Walter Cronkite, they wrote the only narrative. They owned it. They could say anything. They could show John Kerry throwing his medals that he bought at a pawn shop. They weren't his medals. 
that could show John Kerry throwing medals over the White House fence and call him a hero and help to turn him into a senator. They owned the narrative. What was there against that? A 1% or 2% Bill Buckley National Review? But now they don't own the narrative. There's Fox, there's Breitbart, there's Drudge, there's us, and they're still acting like they own and control the narrative. So really it's a, it's a, uh, this is an Alex Jones thing, I'm sorry, but it's an, it's a war for our minds. It's an information war. We're in an information war. The high ground is who controls content on YouTube. That's why Facebook and Twitter are so gung-ho about you know, using these algorithms that swoop down and wipe out conservatives from, you know, 30,000 feet, but they let, you know, left-wing threats, death threats, to just they just let them go. But they can spot our content and, and you know, Paul Joseph Watson, uh, uh, Mark Stein, people like us, we're banned from YouTube for reporting about things, say, for example, that Muslims did. If we just honestly report what happened, that's disgusting, hateful content, and we're banned. So we're, we're really living truly in, a, in the middle of an information war. That's what's going on. That's why I'm on, I'm on with you tonight. I would rather just be writing detective novels, believe me. We're out sailing. We're in the middle of the information war. So people like us that have a microphone, it's our duty to report on it. I I got to tell you, Matt, uh, my exact words to, to Joe, my son, today, uh, who's got a question for you right now, but he, uh, my exact words were, I really don't, I really would like to be doing something else. I don't want to be doing this right now. And, you know, uh, if I had a boat, I'd love to be sailing it, you know, but, um, but, but yeah, this is necessary. Go ahead, Joe. I know you've got a question. Yeah, Matt, I've got a follow up question to what you just described about the New York Times and, uh, the Trump situation. How much of this do you believe is on Trump to articulate his points better? Or does he need to? Or is the media, Obviously, we know how bad you just described how bad the media is. Um, is the media does it not matter what he says or how well he explains himself with or without evidence? Well, we're just going to see know, this crazy pushback. I, I wish I wish that Trump had like a, a charming glibness, like a Ronald Reagan. You know, there you go again. But we can't all we can't you know, let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And hold out for the white knight and say, I'm sorry, gray knight. <laughs> you know, I'm the damsel in distress, but by God, I'm going to sit here on the rock with the dragon until the white knight comes along. I'm sorry. He's the knight we've got. And at least he's a fighter. I'm so sick of Republicans that are, you know, either Dole, McCain, the Bushes, you know, the Rubios, these accommodationist sissies. They get, they're in a street fight. They're in a, Steel cage death match, and they're fighting by the Marquis de Queensberry rules. And every time they get, you know, a, a sand thrown in their face, they look where that is in the rule book. At least we have a street fighter on our side. I wish that he did articulate himself better. Since he doesn't all the time, that's, that means it's up to us to fill the gap. You know, we can't, we're like the privates. We're the, we're the uh, way back in the ranks, in the middle of the battle. We can't all just sit on the sit on in our foxhole and say, 
Our general isn't perfect. <laughs> Our general blew it today. He should have gone right instead of left. I think I'm going to go on strike until we have the perfect general. If we do that, we all lose. So, you know, we might be galley Indeed. slaves chained to the oar, but we got to row and we need to row and we need to, you know, backwater and we need to backwater because this is a death match. We're in the beginning stages of a new modern technological Marxist bust out. And, you know, that's, that means that things are going to shift dramatically. Things are going to be catalyzed and, and ionized and they're going to, the you know, polarities are going to shift politically. This isn't going to be like, well, uh. 1922, how is that different from 1923? This is going to be like, how is 1917 different from 1918? You know, we're, we're going to be talking about wow. some macro course changes, political and otherwise. You know, at the end of the day, I don't expect to see America as a constitutional free republic. Maybe regions will do better than other regions. But sooner or later, somebody throws the power switch. That's almost at the end of every yeah. game theory. Somebody throws the power switch can come from a million directions, okay. many of whom we have many directions. Let me, because we, we only have about, uh, I don't know, about uh, 18 minutes left, 17 minutes left. Uh, uh, Matt, where are you looking today? Uh, you, uh, I'm sure you woke up today, you looked at the headlines, you assessed the, you know, did a little bit of triage, I suppose, of the headlines um, today and uh, over the past uh, several days and weeks. Uh, North Korea, Iran, Russia, uh, all of these external threats that we've, that we're looking at. Where should we be looking is North Korea? We have a problem there. Um, you know, well, well, uh, sure, of course. between North Tillerson Korea and, and Iran. I mean, it's like, these are nuclear bookends. North Korea and Iran are nuclear bookends. And unlike a, a fairly stable, uh, Cold War with a mutual assured destruction that could you know, keep two sane players. They might have been socialist, socialist communists, but they loved their children and they weren't totally insane. You know, the, the, the late communists before the fall of the Soviet Union, but we don't have it anymore. So if we have insane players like, like North Korea or religiously motivated fanatics like Iran getting in control of nuclear weapons, you know, then mutual assured destruction doesn't stop anything from happening. But I, I, I think even before that, these are all just like waves out in the ocean coming towards the shore. We're in a farcical stage of our politics. We're in a farce stage. It's like the, you know, the steamship has uh, hit the rocks, it's on fire, and they're still on the aft deck talking about, you know, who's, what we're having on the menu for breakfast tomorrow. We, in, in the end of the day, we don't just have a political problem. It's not that if we got the correct Republican, conservative, libertarian policies instituted, we'll all be fine. We don't just have a political problem. We have a mathematical problem. You know, we have 20 trillion in, un, in, uh, debt, but we have, you know, 10 times or 20 times that in unfunded liabilities and a thousand times that in, in derivatives that could go burning up. You know, that we, we have a math problem. We're staring at an algorithmic wall, and we're thinking, how can we climb up when we, we can't even climb a 45-degree angle, and we're looking at a vertical wall. So it's a math problem. Changing the pilot 
or changing the captain of the ship, it doesn't solve anything if the airplane is still heading for the mountain. Now, I'm glad we have a pilot that's trying to pull up instead of a pilot that's pushing down. You know, but we're still in the airplane heading for the mountain. The mountain is mathematics. The mountain is promising more than can be ever provided. And when that comes due, there's going to be a rupture, and it's going to be a very dire situation, I hope. You know, that at best we can get out of it, say, with like Argentina or Chile in the 70s kind of a response, but it could go a lot worse than that because of our social problems. You, you think about Argentina or Chile, um, culturally and socially, they were in many respects more unified, all, mostly Catholic, you know, monocultural, just socialist left versus right. We have on top of that all of these racial, uh, racial equations that are very dangerous. They're very dangerous. When you add in tri-racial conflict, say Latino versus black versus Caucasian, in many of our big cities, that's a recipe for disaster. It's almost a perfect storm. That's like, you know, Beirut, Lebanon, you know, with the, uh, you know, different sects, Christians versus Shia versus Sunni versus the Druze. It's very un- unstable much more unstable than an old, uh, say, Cold War bipolar situation or an old American Jim Crow racial uh, situation, black versus white. When you have black versus white versus yellow versus, you know, versus uh, uh, brown versus, you know, it, it gets really dangerous. And if anybody turns the power out in this country, it's going to get ugly so fast people won't believe it. And unlike, the, unlike sending missiles over the polar ice caps, when you shoot a missile, it has a return address label on it. If somebody hacks our, our electrical grid, it'll be, the temptation will be to do it because they think they can disguise it. It's like the CIA program called Umbridge that came out under the Vault 7 WikiLeaks. This is a CIA program to disguise the origins of hacks so that you can make a hack look like the Russians did it. You can put foreign fingerprints on things. Well, when other countries have the same capability or the same idea that they have the capability, the temptation will be great to launch an attack, a cyber attack, because it can be, they think that they can be false flagged. Where a missile coming, you know, from Russia or China can't be false flagged. We see it coming in space. We know who did it. So the odds are very, to me, much right. more likely that we're going to see some kind of a cyber attack against banking system, electrical grid, et cetera. And our society is just too vulnerable. Okay. We don't have the social cohesiveness, say, that of the Depression and World War II generations. As bad as it was then with Jim Crow, et cetera, mm-hmm. there was like a social cohesion. Now we would just turn to fighting each other almost immediately. You know, we would turn each turn on each other. And, and this is what that. I mean. You 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 have this experience. You serving in in Beirut. You you saw this you, on the boots on the ground uh, observations of this very of this very thing that you're describing, right? Right, and we have we have 
different actors, state actors and private actors and foreign actors, whose specialty is, and I'm re returning to a word everybody should know, concept everybody should know, destabilization operations. Not everybody out there is trying to keep the canoe on a level keel. You know, sometimes you have people out there whose mission is to turn the canoe over. And we loved it. Well, a lot of people thought it was okay when the CIA did it to other countries because our motives were good. You know, we were spreading democracy, truth, justice, and the American way. But now we're seeing the same talent that we have cultivated to use outside of the United States. We're seeing them used inside the United States both by foreign actors and by domestic actors. Almost domestic like actors, does that include Obama? Uh, for example, sure. would that include Obama in your estimation? Okay. Oh, I mean. absolutely. I mean, and, and here's, a, here's a scary thought. Obama's pedigree that was so unusual when he was a child is almost typical today. You know, his... His grandfather was such a raging communist that he moved from, like, the Midwest to Washington State when he read about the most communistic little schoolhouse in America. He said, that's where I'm going to raise my, you know, that's where I'm going. He named his daughter Stanley. Stanley Dunham named his daughter Stanley. That was Barack's mom. She was right. so whacked out, she couldn't get it on with Europeans. She had to only get it on with, you know, diverse ethnic types, including possibly, and I think the big the big story is that I don't think his father is a Nigerian at all. I think his father is Frank Marshall Davis. If you look at the pictures, you know, the age pictures side by side. But, oh, yeah. you know, he was, he was raised by a communist where he's put into the control, the lap, put on the lap of Frank Marshall Davis, a pedophile, pornographer, bisexual communist, you know, Stalinist, card-carrying communist. That's who had Barack's ear during his critical formative years. And to me, this is like Rosemary's baby. And this is this is like uh, uh, the you know the co-joination of uh, you know Lucifer and uh, you know, <laughs> like the Damien the Omen series. You have Marxism and Islamism joined together, like for the big end times drama. That's Obama. I mean, we have a, as far as I'm concerned, a Marxist, Islamist mole was our president. That doesn't tell you we're getting close to a breaking point. But you know, mm -hmm. Trump is not a savior. Trump is just another symptom. There's no savior now. You know, I'm glad he's trying to pull up instead of aim down to the mountain. But I don't. I think we have a math problem, not just a pilot problem. Yeah, the Man, math you is the wings came nicely. off and we're out of fuel. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. are in the back talking about the glide slope, but I can see the wings just came off. <laughs> I'm thinking parachute. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the problem I'm not is when... landing. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking parachute, yeah. not runway. Uh, exactly, and we can chuckle about this, but man, how true is that? Um, and, and then I you do the parachute. You, the parachute count might be a little, little uh, on on the slim side, but but that said, um, wow, right. this is amazing. You know, uh, but I, I hope okay. to I hope to help some people because 
you know, in the in the act, you know, within the sound of our voices, some people that are right on the edge in terms of in terms of you know, should I continue living in my high rise condominium in the big city where it's so convenient to get to work, you know, or should I move out to the farm, uh, you know, hundreds of miles from the city? I would like to encourage them to please do so in all haste. <laughs> if you do not want to be in a city in yeah, a high rise when the power goes out. You really don't. Exactly. Some things are knowable. It's, it's not. Like, what is the really yes. bad place to be if power goes out? That's the really bad place to be. You know, so maybe that'll help some Precisely. people. Precisely. In, in your anyway. books, uh, the way you wrote them do help people as well, I believe. Uh, mentally preparing people, and uh, enemies, foreign and domestic is your website, of course. And from there, um, your essays can be found um, via your website. Um, and, of course, well, you Google. do take... Uh, just Google my name. Okay. Yeah, I, and, I did and actually... You, uh, actually Matt, Matt, on, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I just want to make I, sure. I, uh, you do take... And I apologize for the delay. We're, we we have a real issue here with our sound equipment tonight. You do take donations for your work, correct? Well, my books are available on Amazon, but I, I okay. should right. be on. I should be a few more novels along. But a couple of years ago, I started focusing on some short stories, free content. Um, I would recommend my short story to anyone. Alas, Brave New Babylon. I'm particularly fond of. Also, takes place in the Southern Appalachians, where I am tonight. And uh, other short okay. stories like um, the Alien Orc Way which is like a parable suitable for children about, you know, how Islam spreads, how it succeeds, despite its moral bankruptcy. Uh, but anyway, if, if people just Google my name, they'll see me. Um, my work is on Amazon, of course, and I have a new novel that will be out, you know, in the next month or two that I've been working on for a couple of years that, um, you know, I hope folks will look for and read, uh, called The Red Cliff. Can't wait for that, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, okay. yeah, and they're they come all in. Uh, all of I, my books are in audio books. Also, they're in printed books, and they're in uh, Kindle, you know, eBooks. So if folks yeah. just look on Amazon, they'll be able to get all hooked up. And not only and folks, just, you uh, know, my name on Google or Bing will get me get all the free uh, short stories and essays and things like that. Excellent. And folks, if you want, go to hagmanreport.com and click on uh, today's show. And in the write-up for this week's show and today's show is all Matt's information, links to the books and everything else um, is linked in into the, the week uh, show descriptions and the daily show descriptions on hagmanreport.com and hagman and hagman.com. Matt, I, I want to thank you so much for being such a great, uh, a great writer, uh, and a man of, uh, integrity. And I'll tell you, and thank you so much for your service, which you've done, uh, for our country when, <laughs> in the thick of it. Wow. You were in the thick of it. Well, I we, just want to say thank you for your well, service. We, yeah. We, we, we all need, we all need to be out there swinging because this gift of the internet and free communications, we don't know how long it's going to last. You know, they've already pretty much snuffed it out in Europe. So while we have the gift of the internet, 
and free communication on YouTube and other channels. We need to make the, be- the best of it. And people that don't know what they can personally do, it is an information war. It is a war for our minds. So share articles that you like. It's as simple as that. You know, on social media, share, retweet, add something. Don't just be in a passive, passive observer hoping that this whole storm passes you by. You know, put a little bit of spin on top of the ball and do that by sharing things on social media while we have them. Indeed. My friend, God bless you so much. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for coming on tonight. I know it is a generous generous gift of your time. All right, brother. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. And we'll be promoting your work. All right. Folks, we're going to be right back. That was Matt Bracken, EnemiesForeignAndDomestic.com. His books, yeah, you've got to read them. All of them. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Greenovative. Go to agmanreport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an MOK. For investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. 
consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com, PreciousTimberProfits.com. Ladies and gentlemen, to hour number two on this Monday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Coming up in the next segment, we have Eric H. Jones, who is the senior editor for Courtroom Watch. He's going to be coming on to talk about a number of issues, um, the censorship and silencing of journalists, specifically Gary Hunt, as well as the, the Bundy situation and the Mar Wildlife uh, Refuge situation that we saw taking place in the, the status of uh, the people who were at the Morrow Refugee Wildlife, as well as the people who are in jail now, uh, still for the Bundy Ranch incident. And yeah, to set this up, horrible. we have John uh, Robertson coming on um, in just a second. I'm going to toss it over to you for your... Yeah, you know, I just, I, I want to uh, I, I wanna make sure people know, if you go on our YouTube channel, Gary Hunt was on our program on February 10th, and... We uh, what we did was we brought that back, and John's going to explain, as you said, Joe, the the backstory behind the incarceration of Gary Hunt, which I received the information. I think it was late Friday night, and um, I researched it uh, over the weekend. And frankly, uh, I don't believe that Mr. Hunt should be in prison, and or should have been. Uh, uh, Tagged or arrested, and the reason being is he. Well, well I'm going to put that off for a minute uh, because there are a lot of reasons, not the least of which was he was citing open source information, republishing open source information uh, was not the origin of it, but republishing it, and the feds said take it down. He didn't take it down, and of course, it was being held in contempt. That would be akin to your seeing or your, you having a, a website or a blog or whatever, or even on social networking and reposting information that, of course, has been out in the public domain. And then you, of course, because of your stance, your position, your outspokenness against the government being tagged and say, and having the feds knock on your door and say, look, you've got to take this down or you, we're going to arrest you. And then you, Say, wait, wait a minute. It's already out there. I could take it down, but it's not going to make a difference. And then, of course, being arrested from there. That's kind of the short story on Gary Hunt, but nonetheless, it's an important one, I believe. But, but you know, Joe, um, we, uh, regardless, we are living, we, 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 we can't stop living, you know, uh, regardless of the news, the dire headlines and what have you. And I know that there are people out there who, uh, who are just incredibly hard to shop for or they've, just uh they, they might be having a birthday coming up or perhaps uh an anniversary coming up but joe and i have got the answer for 
those people who are wanting to buy that special gift for someone. We recommend the gift of flowers, the gift of, uh, uh, well, everything that comes along with flowers. Go to proflowers.com. You know, we, we can make gift giving easy for you. This is incredibly easy. Proflowers has really done me well. In fact, they've gotten me out of, oh, a couple of pickles, shall we say, very quickly, very easily. Proflowers is our go-to for flowers by the way. And everyone loves flowers. Every woman I know loves flowers. Go to proflowers.com. Proflowers, their flowers, they're fresh, they're priced right, and they're the perfect gift for literally anyone. And they get delivered straight to the recipient's door. Now, guys, how easy is that? But let me tell you about a special offer. Right now, Pro Flowers has a special offer just for you. If you are listening to this program, you can get $10 off your purchase of $29 or more. That's a fantastic deal. This deal works on best-selling gifts like, well, like their 100 Blooms bouquet. This is one of my wife's favorites, along with the roses. In fact, she just raves over the 100 Blooms bouquet with the special vase. That's her favorite. And I try to get that for her at least once a month. Hint, hint, guys. Because, you know, she does a lot of work behind the scenes. And, um, no, she's special. She deserves it. Guys, and I know your wife deserves it as well. Or, or maybe that's special someone. How about a daughter? Just to say thanks. Or I love you. Or a sister. Well, to snag this great deal, just go to proflowers.com. Enter the code HAGMAN at checkout. That's H-A-G-M-A-N-N at checkout. You know, if I can do this in under two minutes, pick out the, the flowers and the, and the special exquisite vase that they've got, you can do it, guys. You can do it, too. Proflowers bouquets are guaranteed to be fresh for seven days or your money back. And we've had, we've had flower arrangements last Fresh flower arrangements last uh, a good two weeks. Easy. They have a seven-step quality check, which means which means that the flowers are always awesome. Their website is super easy to use. You can schedule your delivery ahead of time for any date you want and get back to your day. Pro Flowers is a no-brainer gift for a birthday, an anniversary, every occasion, or just no occasion at all. My favorite. Anytime when you want to make her feel special. Take care. They take care of all the details. Guys, folks, do yourself a favor and help out our show by supporting Pro Flowers. I know, I know, I know, I know that you either have a birthday or anniversary coming up, someone you know you care about. So right now, get $10 off your purchase of $29 or more at Pro Flowers. But this deal, guys, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to last long. So do it today. Just go to proflowers.com, enter the code HAGMAN at checkout to get this very special deal. And remember, you can put a smile on her face and uh, still wrestle with the headlines and the news. Right? I mean, the news doesn't sound like it's getting any better. And I know, Joe, that you and I spoke before the show about uh, Susan Rice I, I, I really believe, Joe, just real quick, and, and the, I, I don't know, um, I know that we spoke, but did you see the news, um, when it first broke about Susan Rice? Because I had mentioned Ben Rhodes, 
last week, and I had mentioned, of course, some. Um, and I said Loretta Lynch. Well, yeah. You said Brennan and Clapper. Right, Brennan and Clapper. It, it, it stands to reason that if you have a Susan Rice uh, unmasking and taking that public, there are, co- to me, in my view anyway, there are co-conspirators. And there's no way that Rice would do this without Brennan's either complicity or approval, certainly approval, but complicity, and um, even some uh, facilitation, I believe. And that goes for Clapper as well. Well, have, we seen, any, given, have we seen any cooperating evidence that she was the lead? I mean, I know that apparently Bloomberg and, and New York Times reporters had this information for a while now. Yeah. At least that's speculation that's being reported. They... Um, and they were, they said, or some of this, the comments said that they had held on to it for trying to protect the Obama administration and Obama's legacy. Now, whether they really did sit on this information or not, I'm not sure, but there was two separate, it looked like points of, of, uh, I, I don't where it came out of the media to that Mike Centrovich broke the story and then another reporter from, I think it's Bloomberg is being credited with breaking this story. You've got a couple of online uh, journalists or, or print and online journalists uh, that Michael uh, Cernovich, I believe, uh, tweeted that out. I think it was the night before last. But regardless, the knowledge was there for, I believe, for quite a bit of time. Uh, I don't see how they can get, when I say they, I'm talking about the previous regimes people can get away with this. And I think it was delivered on the part of Donald Trump and his people to roll this out the way he did. Newness as well. And you notice that what, what has, what has Adam Schiff said about this? Crickets. What has, um, anybody said about this? The, the, the left, MSNBC in particular, they're downplaying this whole thing. They're saying, well, this is really no big deal because of Obama's expansion of the, uh, uh, right before he left his expansion of of who gets this information and who has access to this information. But the bottom line on this, at the end of the day, I do believe that uh, there is some, I would suspect there's some criminal culpability on the part of of Susan Rice, given the fact, and also look at her in the way, as Matt Bracken said, through um, the lens of Benghazi. Yep. So there you have it. She's the one that began the... uh the story and narrative about the YouTube video sparking protests, which led to the whole Benghazi thing, which obviously we know that's not true. Hillary Clinton also ran with it, and a number of other people tried to run with that that story as well. But no, it, should, it will be interesting to see. And we have uh, at the end of the the last segment of the program, we have 30 minutes. We're gonna we're gonna get into this more in that 30 minutes because there are some you know interesting things. Susan Rice even came out and said that she had no idea. Who was behind the unmasking and, uh, you know, just on the 22nd of March, uh, two weeks ago. I, I think to be accurate though, Joe, I think to be fair and accurate with respect to her denial, her denial was much more Clintonian. Um, it depends on, you know, what the definition of is is. She wasn't denying that, that she didn't know anything about the unmasking. The, when you go back and look at the transcript was of. Was she denying the surveillance? She was, no, she was denying knowledge of a very narrow bit of information, and I'm attempting to remember who was that interview with. Um, I, offhand, I can't think of it, but but her response was very measured and very 
and the question was very narrow. So, it, again, it, it, a very Clintonian response, but but nonetheless, um, it would be difficult to say that she adhered to the spirit of answering that uh, that question in, um, you know, by telling the truth. Obviously, she didn't. But uh, but again, to be technical about it, I suppose we could say, yes, yeah, she was honest. Well, if she gets called in front of Congress, I think the questions will be, if this is where it goes. Um, well, yeah, you know what? Uh, will she? Uh, will there be any special investigation on this special prosecutor or independent investigation? I, I don't know. I, at this point, you, you look at, I mean, look at all of the things taking place right now. And, and, and Matt Bracken, again, the previous segment had done a great job of kind of naming certain things. At this point, it's just, it's fighting at the, the political level, is it not? As opposed to the, the deep state versus the, the yeah. revealing. Of but I think it's still important. I mean. Oh, it, indeed it is. And we need to get to the bottom of it. But you're right, the, I mean, the whole, all the tools and, and systems that these people and who these people are and the access they have um, is going to continue to go really unchecked, yeah. which is the main problem. And you've got Obama, and I mentioned this when I was on with Dave Hodges yesterday. You know, you've got Obama setting up, of course, the organizing for action. But you also have Obama, his, uh, and we had mentioned this before, um, the legal team that he's got uh, set up, the um, attorneys, the uh, uh, American Oversight uh, five-member attorney, American uh, Oversight uh, 501c3 Corporation. Which is, uh, which is the, ar- the legal arm of Obama. Folks, I don't know whether you've heard, heard of that. Again, I'm, I'm going to point it out. American Oversight is a 501c3, supposedly nonpartisan, but you've got the founder being Austin Evers, the former State Department lawyer under Obama. You've got Melanie Sloan, a former federal prosecutor who worked for, uh, Schumer. And in fact, Joe Biden, you've got, uh, oh, and Melanie Sloan, in case you're wondering. Ms. Magazine once called her the most feared woman in D.C. And three other attorneys. So you've got these five legal eagles operating at the direction of Obama, a 501c3 nonpartisan corporation in D.C. that is going after Everything that that Donald Trump does, and everything that the uh, um, the, the, that uh, the conservatives are attempting to to accomplish. Meanwhile, you've got the the conservatives, capital C conservatives, attempting to dis- dismantle Obama's legacy. Obama is not having any of it. Obama wants to stop uh, Donald Trump's foreign and domestic initiatives, and. Their tactics, their strategies are using nonprofits as a front action groups or front group, um, using front group activism and lawfare in order to do it. We saw part and parcel of, of this. We saw with respect to the, um, the judges filing against the immigration, uh, Donald Trump's, uh, uh, immigrant executive action on, on immigration. And by the way, I was on with uh, George Norrie last night, coast to coast AM, during the news segment. 
just very briefly before we bring John on, I just want to mention this. The, uh, you know that there's a ban on electronics. If you're flying up, if you're flying up, up a passenger air, in a passenger aircraft, you cannot bring into the passenger compartment anything larger than a, than an iPhone, for example, or a smartphone. You have to leave the tablets and your, uh, iPads and computers in checked baggage. Well, the reason for that is stems to intelligence collected. This is information I received now from the Yemen raid on January 29th. Remember, we lost a Navy SEAL during that raid, and three other SEALs were were wounded. But there was intelligence there, according to the information I got, that said, look, they are attempting, or they, meaning al-Qaeda, of the Arabian Peninsula, uh, in particular one Saudi, the head of the uh, the bomb expert of Al Qaeda of the Arabian Peninsula, through one of the airports in the Middle East, has equipment as well as plans of the equipment used at airports, and has successfully created a method to circumvent those mechanical the, the mechanical detection of the uh, of the bombs if you think about what i'm saying here that this is amazing to me and that there's an overlap with that in the uh, you'll you'll recall that with, there was a recent uh, increase a, re, a recent um, change in the tsa's groping policy well frankly the information I got is they're they looking for the explosives that are evading detection based on information that actually came from hacks within our own intelligence agencies smuggled to the people uh, the Al Qaeda the Muslim terrorists Ibrahim Al Siri the uh, Saudi who was in Yemen who was one of the targets and continues to be a target of American intelligence he has developed ends or in around uh, uh, ways of uh, to get around the uh, mechanical detection of these explosives and they're hidden in capable of being hidden in battery compartments laptop laptops as well as uh, iPads so and Al uh, Al Suri is also the mastermind behind the underwear bomber, and uh, his brother was the guy that stuffed uh, explosives up his butt and attempted to assassinate the intelligence minister of Saudi Arabia. Go figure. Talking about a uh, talk about a, uh, a rectum rocket. Anyway, let's bring John on. John, welcome back to the Hagman Report. <laughs> I've been holding the laughter <laughs> since rectum, since rectum rocket. You know, that's a very good example of why you should never be too quick on the mute button, gentlemen. Thanks for uh, for bringing me in for a moment this evening. Uh, is my audio okay? Because Todd and I were having a bit of a struggle. Uh, can Can you read me okay? You sound you sound you sound like you're talking through a hood. Did somebody have you captive? Blink if they do. No, you sound good. Dude. No, that's, <laughs> Let's try this. Right. Is this any better? Is uh, is this any better, gentlemen? 
That's fine. Sure. Let's let's go with that. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll go with we'll go with the best we can do today. Suffice it to say, it's been it's been a Monday on this end. But what I wanted to share with the folks, just really briefly here this evening, uh, before we bring our next guest, um, Mr. Eric Hughes Jones, on from courtroomwatch.org, I just wanted to remind all the listeners of the the big picture when we look at the disposition of our. Uh, guest from back in February, Mr. Gary Hunt. And folks, that's Gary Hunt, outpostoffreedom.com. When we look at what has been termed in the media the wars of the West, there are really five different places where listeners uh, would benefit from having a very comprehensive understanding of what has been going on in the Western United States. Now, it's understood. Now we're starting to have trouble, John. Yeah, John, um, okay. ass- assume uh, Fox viewing positions. No, okay, no. Uh, you're fading out there, brother. And John. Are we any better, gentlemen? Any better? Okay, yeah, just yeah, just don't move, and uh, let's hope the wind doesn't blow. Go ahead. Okay, and and I and I do apologize. Todd and I were trying to fix it before I came on air, so I'll move very quickly tonight, Doug. What we see through everything that our first-hour guest, Matt Bracken, described is simply it all points to the fact that without a free press, the independent-minded thinkers that comprise the vast percentage of the Hagman and Hagman listening family, we, we can't do our jobs. Without a free press, we have no working end of this massively knotted rope that is the 24-hour news cycle. So... We need to we need to approach our time with Mr. Uh, Jones this evening from courtroomwatch.org with a couple of questions in mind. Okay, John, we lost sound uh, on you here, and and I have a feeling it's it's our internal interface. Can, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm gonna have Todd. Bring, I'm gonna have folks. Todd you didn't lose sound. We lost sound here. I believe uh, with John. And l- let me see if he's on. Is he still on? I don't know. But it's definitely uh, the interface on our end because I can see when he's dropping off the, the stream button flashing red. Th- this might, the, you know, you know, we Thank might. Goodness, Eric. <laughs> Eric's back tomorrow. Yeah, Eric, uh, the tech is coming back tomorrow, and th- this is again. We are broadcasting out the three different platforms, folks. You have to understand that, and I apologize. Um, but if this doesn't clear up in the next three minutes, we might have a we might have an issue. Um, there we go. There we go. Now it's a party. You can hear it live. Okay, perfect. Thank and you so we'll, much. And folks, thank you for your patience there we go. this evening. Thank you for your patience this evening, folks. We can use your All prayers right. in the chat and across the listening audience. Uh, bottom line is I want the listeners to really engage with our interview with Mr. Eric Hughes-Jones from courtroomwatch.org with the following thoughts at the very front and center of your mind this evening, folks. Because we're talking about nothing short of the freedom of the press to inform us. And we are all very independently minded around the Hagman and Hagman campfire. If we cannot ascertain information in a, in a, in as pure a form as possible, in as unbiased form as possible, then none of us can do our jobs. How can we have discernment? How can we mitigate the thoughts and the issues of our day if we do not have a start point from which to work? So, Doug, what I wanted to run by you, and, and folks, please take note of these questions, because right now, in the case of Mr. Gary Hunt, again, that's Gary Hunt, outpostoffreedom.com. Uh, his links are in the show notes. 
we have a couple of questions that we need to examine. The largest that I can see, gentlemen, is did Mr. Hunt inadvertently uh, become passionate about the subject matter and perhaps slip from journalist to activist, or did the government overreach their authority in this case? And in order to answer that question, we need to examine the following. The first and foremost important, and Doug, you and I spoke about this Saturday morning, where did Mr. Hunt get the names of the confidential informants who are on record uh, admittedly having received $25,000 apiece from the FBI to infiltrate the occupation force at the Malgore Preserve back in January of 2016. Now, folks, you'll recall that occupation, whereas it was constitutionally a correct procedure, socially and culturally, it was an offensive move completely opposite the defensive posture of two years previous at Bundy's ran- at Bundy Ranch. But that being said, it's important to ask this question, folks, as we listen to Eric Jones. Where did he get the names? I've heard three different uh, possibilities in the mainstream media. Canada Free Press has a great article up. You'll want to check that out at CanadaFreePress.com. Also, the Oregonian, very liberal newspaper, uh, has an article uh, that you may want to refer to as well. These are linked in the show notes. If Mr. Hunt, in fact, simply published the names of confidential informants that were already a matter of public record, This is important, folks. If anyone could walk into the federal courthouse in Portland and obtain those documents with a simple uh, uh, Xerox fee, then I would say that Mr. Hunt should be released and he should be released post-haste. However, there's another bit of reporting out there suggesting that Mr. Hunt took sealed documents that were part of prosecution and defense sharing of the discovery, of the discovery process. Now, if that's the case, then it is possible, as I mentioned a moment ago, that Mr. Hunt may have inadvertently capitulated from journalist to what I would uh, pose was perhaps more that role of an activist. Now, you have to ask yourself this question, folks. What's the big deal? These confidential informants were perpetrating being in the patriot movement, and let's be frank, nobody in America really likes a rat. Nobody likes a snitch, right? And these guys were paid 25 grand apiece. But here's the problem. Now, we heard from uh, former FBI agent Joe Pistone last week, a.k.a. Donnie Brasco. And if you haven't heard that interview, go back and listen to it, because it illustrates beautifully the absolute uh, paramount importance of maintaining the confidentiality of agents and police officers working undercover, as well as citizens who are, in fact, confidential informants. If, in fact, Gary Hunt put these people's lives at risk by publishing their names, then we have an issue that's twofold. Number one, it it put lives at risk. And number two, it also sets bad legal precedent John, for cases. John, we're, yep. we're at the bottom. We're at the we're at the bottom of the hour. Hey, can, um, <laughs> can you hold over or? Yeah, why don't you hold me over for five? I'll tell you what, folks. We're, we're after that. Yeah. All right, all right. Sounds good, folks. You're listening to Hagman Hagman Report. We're right back. Stay where we're at. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. 
Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com. Masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High quality items, made in America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's a, It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow. It's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Chang Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Journeys kit at www.changepostandwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, uh, up next we've got we've got a, a really an interesting gentleman. I, I've been following his work for some time. He's the man behind courtroomwatch.org. Uh, actually, he really became, shall we say, uh, even more relevant. Not that he ever lost relevance, but even more relevant as we watched this uh, over the last uh, 96 hours, the uh, arrest and incarceration of uh, Gary Hunt, who was on our show back on February 10th. And I think this is important to talk about with um, 
with Eric Hughes-Jones, again, the man behind courtroomwatch.com. Before we get back to Mr. Or get to Mr. Jones, a couple of things. Folks, we're re-rolling out uh, the Hagman Marketplace, hagmanmarketplace.com. If you're a business owner and you are a Christian business owner, you've got a Christian business or a Christian product, I would urge everyone to sign up for that. If you sign up initially and in, 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 in things fell through the cracks because we had a broken infrastructure, send me an email. Uh, just in the, in the subject line marketplace, you could be part of our founders club because of your initial belief in us. But we really want to get this rolling, rolling, especially given the antagonistic nature of business today. And this is a friendly Christian, conservative Christian friendly place for you to advertise your business and services. That's, uh, hagmanmarketplace.com. So look into that. After the program, HagmanMarketplace.com, rolling that out again. Also, support our sponsors as well, from ProFlowers Pro to MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com, what a great, fabulous rocket stove they've got. It's a Cadillac of all stoves, all rocket stoves. It's a 50 caliber ammo can, handmade into a rocket stove. And let me tell you something. Uh, this packs the punch, the same punch as a kitchen stove. I'm telling you, it's it's an amazing device. It's it's got a lid that seals tightly um, for transport and storage, and it directs the heat to where it needs to be. Whether you're cooking the store of long-term storable food or uh, a pot of water or whatever it might be, this is a fantastic instrument for the prepper. Visit MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Right now, without any further ado. Eric Hughes-Jones from CourtroomWatch.com. Mr. Jones, thanks for joining us tonight. Hi there, Mr. Hagman. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this. And by the way, just I I, I love the Minuteman stove. Um, it's the coolest thing, and it looks like you could drive over it with a, an M1 Abrams tank, and it would be, be fine. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. It, it, uh, Eric, if you can hear us. <laughs> We've been having audio problems all day, and I don't know if you can hear us or not. Uh, there you go. And see, okay. it is linked to our interface because the same thing's happening with John. Eric, just to let you know, we were having some issues on our on our interface, and okay. the audio might drop in and out. And yeah. we'll let you okay. know when it happens on your end. It's we'll coming just, from our end, but when you drop out, we'll let we'll you know. We'll just send up smoke signals, brother. <laughs> just look up. Yeah, they're, anyway. they're yeah go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I just wanted to say I love the Minuteman yeah, as well. Thanks crazy. for having me on. I appreciate it. Can you hear me? Well, well, thanks for coming on and kind of yeah. I don't know. Can you hear us? Um, yeah, you're like with those old cell phone commercials. So. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we we got we got you five by five right now. So okay. Good. All right. Um, and there might be a, because of because of these problems, there might be a little bit of a delay. So if if I happen or we happen to talk over you, it's not intentional. Um, but Eric, because of the situation, I'm going to turn you loose. Um. Let, let's talk. Let's talk about what's going on with uh, uh, Gary Hunt and, and the, the attack on the media, uh, independent media, are against us, against journalists, or what happened in Oregon, what happened. Wherever you want to start, my brother. Let's just start. Well, I don't use these words lightly, and I don't say it to be bombastic or exaggerate, but I'm not kidding. There is a massive nationwide persecution and prosecutions in the court of patriots people who either stood up for their unalienable rights 
or took a stand against tyranny, spoke out against, you know, and, and we're talking nonviolent people uh, with no criminal, real criminal offense, uh, even being accused of them. And for these obscure uh, statutory violations and refusal to take something off the Internet, um, and just anything that the government can find to take out the most effective patriots recently, and it's going on nationwide, and it's just particularly egregious in the community of reporters, which is really scary because people, if the Hagmans of the world go away and the Gary Hunts of the world go away, and it's happening to a man named Pete Santilli right now, love him or hate him, he's still a reporter, you know, and if he's not free, we're not free. Um, a man named Tom LaCovara, a great reporter from Resurrect the Republic. I fill in for him once in a while now because he's incarcerated for being in the same room with a gun, and he had a minor statutory felony in his past. So that was his issue. And with uh, Pete Santilli, it was uh, reporting from uh, Bunkerville for the Bundy thing in Nevada, the cattle ranchers. And for Mr. Hunt, it's refusal to take down postings on the Internet of information that was totally and entirely public, made public, in court, in a public proceeding, on public record. And so, you know, the court didn't really have any ground to stand on. Even the case of the, what was it, the New York Times versus United States, was it the Pentagon Papers case, uh, the standard was even less, you know, said you can even release confidential classified information if you're a reporter and you get it in a certain way. There was a provision for that. So, I mean, he was well within his, his uh, boundaries to post whatever he wanted that was not classified, top secret, or sealed by the court, none of which applied in his case. This is why it's so frustrating, and I can see it coming for all of us who report the truth to the people. Okay, and uh, again, I, I apologize, uh, Eric. There was some audio that, that we did not catch that you might have covered this, but with respect to the infiltrators, the confidential informants, the people working on behalf of the FBI, he, he had identified or there were over 15 or at least 15. Is that correct? And, and that represented the, perhaps the majority of people? Right. It was like 50% of the people that were there were informants working directly for the FBI and getting paid very well to do it. And in the court proceedings uh, that, that developed, they came out onto the witness stand, out of the closet, so to speak. And they put their hand up and swore an oath to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and proceeded to commit treason and convict patriots for simply standing on their God-given rights and freedom of property. So, and once they came out and got into the court, you know, into the public eye light, so to speak, um, their names were made public. Uh, they told how much money they made. One guy got $25,000 for what he did. Another Man. woman got $3,000. Yeah, so it's, you know, the, and then at that point, all bets are off. That's public information. So the court just doesn't like, it, the best case scenario is, is they at least think they have a good reason. They just don't like, I don't, it's, from what I've seen, it goes beyond that into an, a pattern of the government keying in on and developing cases and whatever little weak point they can find. We've all got sins and weak points in our past. They, you know, you can, you can barely walk out your door today without committing some kind of minor crime, statute violation, code infraction, whatever. So anyway, um, there there really is a pattern now, for, and I do this, I pay attention to this a lot, 
So I can, you, you people just going to look into it yourself if you want. Everything can be confirmed. All the names I just mentioned are prominent patriot reporters, so to speak, and they've all been locked up for something very obscure, whatever the government can seem to come up with, and it's not getting any better under this administration, and it pains me greatly to say that, because I really kind of used to like Jeff Sessions, and I wanted it, I want it to be good with Donald Trump. I really do. But from what I see, this patriot how, how can they fix it? is getting worse. I mean, I, mean. Uh, I, I think Trump could pick up the phone to Sessions and say, "Hey, anybody, any of these patriots who are being, uh, you know, dragged into the court for minor statutory violations, and there's no living victim to their to their crime, so to speak. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, the cases should be dropped, especially when they're they're people who really stood on patriotic principles and did not commit." any act of violence or conspiracy to do anything violent. There's nobody injured. This is why the concept that society cannot be a victim is so important to get into people's minds. The state cannot be a victim. If there is not a living, breathing, God-created man or woman that was injured by the actions of another, then there can be no allegation of a crime. The magic entity called society is nothing more than a fictitious entity and that word was used to me by a New York attorney that they even know what they're doing they're creating false entities like estates and corporations and giving them rights and treating us like we're property and it's clear in the actions of the government and the courts against particularly these reporters who are reporting the you know so to speak the truth media or the I hate to call us the alternative media now because this is where the truth is it doesn't reside over at CNN or NBC or Fox News. Um, you, you're not going to hear the real meat and potatoes exactly. over there because there's for a whole bunch of reasons which we can talk about later. Well, okay, all right, and and again, take this. This is your time, and we don't uh, we, we don't like to talk over people or uh, you know misdirect your train of thought. So. Go ahead and tell us what we need to know. I, I, I know, but, but I do think that there's a disconnect among even some of the, the the most informed conservatives and patriots out there about the Oregon standoff, the the Bundy situation. People don't don't quite understand it, and I think that the government has made and even the media has made this deliberately confusing and convoluted. Um, can you give us a Cliff Notes version, basically, of, of why? Or is it even relevant to do so, uh, Eric, about like why, you know, the, the Patriots did what they did in Oregon, for example? Well, these are, I mean, these are important, important events because we have Patriots standing on principle. In the Bundy case in Nevada, where the ranchers took the cattle back from the government, who had stolen the private property from these ranchers. I mean, you can't, you can't justify in any way the federal government coming in to a place where ranchers have grazed and for, you know, hundreds of years and then all of a sudden just say, you can't do that anymore and when we find your cattle on the land, we're going to take it. That's just in no way is that a lawful act by our government in a republic. It's just not. So that was a good uh, stand on principle. I was a little less excited about the Oregon situation because I thought, you know, just to be honest with you, it was the risk far outweighed the gain, and they were just setting themselves up to be targets and get uh, really, it didn't, although I had to stand with them anyway because it's not for me to say where a patriot makes a stand. So I fully supported them. They didn't hurt anybody. Once again, 
who was injured by a bunch of guys uh, temporarily occupying a building that's owned by the people. And aren't we the people? Aren't they the people? Another concept, this is why I like to get back to fundamentals on the bottom line. Um, the state, the, which is the fictitious entity that we just talked about, doesn't really exist if you can't, you have to be a man or woman to show reality. But it, 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 it doesn't, it cannot, not only can it not be a victim, but it has no, it has no, it has no substance that can testify, and therefore, how can you, how can you confront your accuser? If nobody's hurt by a bunch of guys occupying the building, and the state cannot be the people, we are the people. Those guys who occupied the building were the people. So if the federal government is, quote-unquote, a government for the people, they had every right to be there if they weren't hurting anybody. You know, stay away and let the guys make their point uh, on patriotic principles and be gone. So once again, the state cannot be a victim, and the state is not the people. We are the people. So when you go to court and it says the people versus Mr. Uh, Smith or Mr. Jones, that's not really the case. It's the state versus one of the people, Mr. Smith. So we have to look at, we have to kind of re, that we've been taught so many things, either by design overtly in the school system or by omission, by what they didn't tell us in the schools. So they're trying to convince the younger people that somehow the state, and this is what makes socialism, to have the greater good, the society, the state, has a greater bear, overbearing interest. The state is prosecuting you for doing something where there was no actual real victim. All right, cool. Well, let's put Joe, Joseph T. State on the stand and let him testify, and let so and to have him testify, and I confront my accuser. Oh, really? Society can be a victim. All right, where's Mrs. Susan B. Society? She doesn't exist. You can't put anybody on the stand that actually was injured at either one of those standoffs, except the Finicum family where Lavoy was assassinated. They have, they have damage, and that was a really sad situation that developed from this. But anyway, so these concepts are extremely important for people to learn because it's either this court this court system comes for everybody. I've seen it drag families in that were good, upstanding, you know, and it just comes after everybody. I could go on and on about the cases, but we'll stay focused on the reporters for tonight cause, because this is the scariest thing. If they can stifle the information flow, what are you ever going to know? Not much. I mean, imagine if, I mean, there's only three places you hear things. You're either going to hear it, find out information in the schools, uh, from your friends and family, or the media. Now, the schools and the media are putting out disinformation and brainwashing, so really you got your friends and your family, and they're getting their information from the media and the schools. Where do you get the truth? And you get it places like here. So I, I'm big on education rather than entertainment. And I would rather educate somebody tonight than entertain them. I'm also an activist. I'd rather help one person than entertain a million people. And so I, I would encourage everybody listening to this, solutions. Try to get, try to start caring a little more about the taking back and, and of this republic. And you can do it by little things, a little bit at a time. Don't get overwhelmed. You can just, you, and I'll, I'll, I can get into some suggestions on specifics real brief here in a minute. But get to be a little more of an activist. Everybody listening to this broadcast tonight, and you know, I'm urging you to do something, um, even if it's a small thing. Even if posting flyers is great, uh, we have over at our website courtroomwatch.com or .org. You can type in either one, just courtroomwatch. 
and you'll see a jury nullification flyer. And that is a crucial linchpin in this, in, in this whole thing. This is the last blockade for an overbearing court system and an out of control government. And it's the last enforcer of freedom is the jury. And very important for people to know that with a clear conscience, they can send somebody home not guilty if that, if the law let me just pardon the word. If the law sucks, they can say, go home, you're free, not guilty. Um, you can, even though the judges will intimidate and threaten the jurors before the proceedings, and they'll say, you must only interpret the law this way as I give it to you, and if the state proves this case, you must find him guilty. And if the state doesn't prove his case, well, then you can find innocent. They never frame it from the accused. You must protect the accused by blah, blah, blah. And if the accused, it's always state, 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 state. So through manipulation and intimidation, they drive the jurors into a state of fear. They often stack the jury. We'll talk about that in a second. I've seen that live in person. And and they'll uh, push the jury around and tell them that they basically have to vote this certain way if the case is presented a certain way. And that's not true at all. If the law is immoral or unconstitutional, which most of these statutes are, they're not really law. They're statutes, codes, codes rules, and regulations. Um, they're you know they're not legitimate. So anyway, the jury has every right to judge these unconstitutional and immoral statutes and codes uh, during their proceedings. So if they don't like the law, if the law is wrong, or if it's being wrongly applied, then the juror has every right to say not guilty, even though technically the person may have violated the statute in question. It's like the case of Tom LaCavara. He was in the hotel room that had a gun nearby. It wasn't even his hotel room. It was registered to somebody else he was visiting. And because he was a convicted felon in the same room with a gun that clearly belonged to someone else, someone else, I think it was in someone's, a woman's purse, it was obviously not his gun. Because he was in proximity, he, he, was, uh, he was charged with possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. And it's so important that people realize that possession requires actual holding. And that's the dictionary definition requires actual holding or occupancy. So if it's an object, you have to hold it. If it's a house or a, you know, a car, you could be in it and possess it. But you can't possess something if you're, if it's just over there. It has to be in your hand at least for a second. You can touch it for a second and possess it, but it has, has to be in your hand at some point. And that's not part of the accusation. They have a new word in the courts now called constructive possession. And they've made up a word that says, you're in constructive possession of an object if you are nearby it or it's in your car down the street. Or what about walking through a Walmart where there's guns there across the store? Is that constructive possession? They can stretch it to anything. So we can't let the enemy, which is tyranny, have the language. We have to realize that if a government can't prove actual possession, which is actual holding, then there's no case, and they should walk away. This guy, Tom Lacavara, is, is locked up in 22 out of 24 hours a day in solitary confinement. Uh, on a federal gun charge when the gun wasn't his, it wasn't in his hand. And so they make up a word called constructive possession, and this is how they're dragging a lot of people into the courts. Uh, you know, and of course, who was injured by Tom LaCavara sitting in a hotel room that had a gun nearby? No one. They're claiming that maybe in the future society could possibly be a victim if and that's not a free republic. So anyway, we all have to do something, in my opinion, and mm -hmm. if you want to be an activist, go to the courtroomwatch.com and download the jury nullification flyer. We put it in a nice little PDF so you could just print it out and pass them out. And my suggestion, if you'd like to do something activist and join the freedom fight, this is very low risk, like zero, 
and it's very extremely effective. And it doesn't really take very long or any money. Well, that's an interesting time to cut and, out. And print out. And what's that, Doug? There we go. Whoop. Yeah, no, I, I apologize. You just... Where did I cut out? Hmm. Just as you were going to tell people, if you really want to be, you know, yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Uh, you cut out just to the point where you see if you really want to, you know, make a difference, and, and then you cut out. Well, of course, they'd cut me out right there at that point. It would be a perfect time to cut me out. <laughs> I uh, I do believe that there's a lot of technical interference going on, but that'll be for another show. But anyway, if you really want to be effective, download the jury nullification flyer. This is what the government is so afraid of. They're so afraid of the jury saying, hey, that law is really wrong, and I don't believe this guy hurt anybody, so I'm going to vote not guilty. I don't care if he technically broke the statute or not. doesn't matter. Go home and have a good day. That's what should be happening. And if you want to do something really effective, Download the jury nullification flyer. It's in a nice, neat little PDF. You just print them out, and for a couple of bucks in paper and ink and a couple of bucks in gas, drive down to your local county or state or federal courthouse. Usually the lower courts are busier. That's the amazing thing. The tyranny of the local is far worse than the tyranny of the federal right now, just in raw numbers alone. And the atrocities that are being committed to free and innocent people are, are dra- dramatic at the local level. So just get a bunch of jury nullification flyers, take them down to the county courthouse on jury selection day. Uh, we made quite a stir doing this in a recent case in upstate New York, and it almost made a difference, but the jury, it, it, it's very important that we educate the jury. They didn't get educated enough in this case. They put some some of the charges were guilty, some not guilty, but another victimless uh, crime, and we could talk about that later. But if you want to be an effective activist, download some jury nullification flyers, call the courthouse and ask them, when is jury selection day? And they'll say, oh, whatever, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you go down there on that morning at about 8.30, just before the doors open, and pass those jury nullification flyers out to everybody in line. And it's a pretty clear pretty clear description of what jury nullification is and what the judge is going to do to try to get them to not do jury nullification because because of the financial interest that the court has in every case that comes through and I'll talk about that in a minute um, that, that you know they want to create as many guilty verdicts as possible just bringing people into the court whether guilty or not whatever happens uh, puts money in the pockets of the court because every single case that comes through your local town traffic court, county court, state supreme court, federal, every single case is bonded, and the courts make on a on a, on a, on a great right deal there. of money. Whoa, whoa! Uh, I, I, I gotta. This is something John told me uh, this about this weekend when when you and he spoke. Um, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I did. Uh, but I, this is the first I've heard what you, now we're, we're, we've got about two minutes to the top of the hour here. To me, this is one of the most absurd, hard to believe things I've ever heard. And then I started getting into the information which you have presented about every case is bonded. I, you're gonna you're gonna have to take some time on this on the other side if you don't mind to explain this because sure, th- th- this is bizarre to me, man. Uh, and you're right. You know, you said a, a whole bunch of stuff in this this segment. Um, and and the the justice system, you know, everybody's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. 
but when you go through the justice system, when you're can, um, accused of a crime, put on uh, trial, it it seems like that is reversed. You are guilty until proven innocent in the eyes of the court. And a lot of times it's set up the way, as you described, for the, the jury and anybody who's who's taking part in the system. Um, and it is very troublesome because, and then you went on to explain how through jury nullification and other, um, you know, accusing, being able to, to um, confront your accuser when the state is the one who's coming after you and victimless crimes, and even having the judge issue warnings to juries when they don't find things in the right context that the judge wants them to, the way they, the court and the judge wants them to look at things, it seems like it is a very rigged system. And we're up against our break. Um, Eric H. Jones is our guest. The website, he's the senior editor of courtroomwatch.org. That's courtroomwatch.org. And it's been a, a very interesting segment. And uh, there's so much, so many different avenues we could get into from here. But we're going to let Eric uh, stick to what he wants to get into on the other side of the break. And just a, a quick word for those of you who, who can hear us on YouTube and who are listening on YouTube. Um, John just informed me that we're not getting any audio drop-offs from the Global Star feed. So, folks, if you um, are having issues on YouTube, transition to GlobalStarRadio.com. Go to Hagman and Hagman.com, HagmanReport.com, how to listen uh, in the drop-down tab at the top of both websites, and find the Global Star feed so you don't get those interruptions. We'll be right back with Eric Jones right after this. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. 
You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our guest this segment is the senior editor of courtroomwatch.org, Eric Hughes-Jones. Uh, this is his first time on the program. He's talking about a number of, of uh, interesting uh, storylines from the incarceration of Gary Hunt to the Bundy Ranch and the uh, court proceedings that have been ongoing uh, there as well. And we're going to get back to him in just a second. You know, I, I like what he's saying. And, and I'll tell you something. If you're listening to this program, if you've listened to this program from the start, you know that the news weighs heavy on all of us. And uh, sometimes uh, our spouses, our wives, you know, when we do, when we get into research projects and things, our wives often take a back seat to what we're doing. And one way to show our appreciation and I know here at the Hagman household, but one way to show the appreciation for my wife is to get her flowers. She loves getting flowers. Folks, uh, I, have I got a deal for you? Right now, Pro Flowers has a special offer just for our listeners. By the way, Pro Flowers, they're my go-to company for uh, all things flower-related, gift-related. My goodness, that they can certainly and have certainly put a smile on the faces of many of the people I really care about. But right now, Pro Flowers has got a special offer just for our listeners. You get ten dollars off of your purchase of twenty nine dollars or more. You can't go wrong. This deal works on best selling gifts like their one hundred blooms bouquet, a dozen red roses, or even even their totally unique plant gifts. Uh, my wife was really did so much work, and my daughter as well. Uh, here in the last, well, about a week ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, and I and I sent them both flowers. You should have seen the looks on their faces; they were just ecstatic and happy. And uh, my, my wife actually, I got my wife a, uh, a small bonsai tree, and she loves it. Oh my goodness, she loves it as something totally different. Never expecting it. This is one of the best companies I believe for the well this is the best company to, to put that smile on the face of the people that you love folks again get $10 off your purchase of $29 or more to snag this great deal just go to proflowers.com enter code Hagman that's H-A-G-M-A-N-N at checkout you know they their bouquets 
just to let you know, they're guaranteed to be fresh for seven days or your money back. We've seen them last for two weeks and longer. They have a seven-step quality check, which means their flowers are always awesome. Their website, guys, if you're like me, man, I don't, I mean, I like simple. This is as simple as you can get. You can order flowers ahead of time for any date you want and, and get back on with your day. Pro Flowers is a no-brainer gift for a birthday and anniversary. I know you got one coming up, or for every occasion, or no occasion whatsoever, or just as a thank you. Put that smile on that special someone's face. Again, Pro Flowers special offer just for Hagman and Hagman listeners. Get ten dollars off your purchase of twenty-nine dollars or more. All you have to do use Hagman at checkout. Again, ProFlowers.com. Enter code. Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N, proflowers.com, enter code Hagman at checkout to get this special deal. And hurry up because it's not going to last long. Again, our guest is Eric Hughes-Jones, his website, courtroomwatch.org. And by the way, I've seen um, judges in, in sitting in trials charge juries very narrow with very narrow instructions where they're only, really, they're only ability or their only choice is to find the person guilty in the criminal trials i've seen that and i've also seen a couple of occasions of jury nullification which is a, a really a wonderful thing to see especially in those absurd cases that you get that you, you talked about so eric hughes jones back to you sir thanks well it, it is judges will commit well let's just put it bluntly they're committing jury tampering when they instruct a jury to do anything, I mean, other than if a jury needs a definition of a word, they can order out for a dictionary, and if they need clarification on something. But, right, it's intimidation, and your son is exactly right. It's completely upside down. People are guilty until proven innocent now. And the police are trained that way, unfortunately, and it's creating a paranoid and aggressive mindset in the police as well. Um, so the judges are committing jury tampering whenever they try to, to to convince a jury that they must interpret the law this way or that way or only as I the judge give it to you. And uh, then then once again, it's the jury has every right and a duty, not just a right but a duty, to vote their conscience. And if that law doesn't seem to be right, and once again, the most important concept we talked about this in the last half hour: no victim, no crime. Society or the state cannot be a victim unless you injured somebody personally or their property. Then you can talk. You can work it out. Usually in civil court, if it's a property crime. Uh, and so, you know, it's it's very important that people remember that. Teach your children that. No victim, no crime. Society or the state cannot be a victim. That would be socialism, or which is just a light duty of communism. And so we're trying to keep this this republic on on track here. We are not a democracy. We're a republic. Uh, and the reason is, in a democracy, 51% of the government thieves can vote to steal the rest of our stuff from the other 49%. And that's a true democracy, and that's not right. In republic, the rights of the individual are paramount, and they're supreme. So we talked about that. So jury tampering is what a judge is doing, instructing a, a jury. Um, it is upside down. We have to get back to innocent until proven guilty instead of vice versa. Uh, no victim, no crime. And uh, a quick up before we get back to the kind of conceptual stuff, I just wanted to give people a quick update on Gary Hunt. Apparently he got a letter that he was going to be arrested and turned himself in um, to the Sacramento County Sheriff 
and they're doing what's called a courtesy hold for the marshals because they really don't have any lawful reason to hold him. But he wanted to avoid the the raid, so to speak, and so he turned himself in, and now I guess he's going to get transferred back to Oregon. But this is so important that we learn how to operate, and this is where the this is where the power is. See, you can it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, we do not have three separate and equal branches of government. The power rests in the courts. Look what just happened to Trump. I mean, he issued an executive order. That should be, you need to think, that, I mean, they've been doing that for a while, for better or for worse, usually for worse for us. But the executive order was issued and the, uh, and the court said, nope, we rule otherwise. So it's, it's, it's very scary that all the power rests in the court. Can you explain? Eric, can you explain, can you explain how a single judge in a federal court in whatever the ninth or fifth district uh, can stop an entire the, the will of the president. Can you explain how that happens? Uh, yeah, I'll explain how it happened and how it continues to happen and get worse. It started with the judicial act, the Judiciary Act of 1789, and that was rammed through by a bunch of Freemasons with Oliver Ellsworth at their at their lead. And I can read you, I'll see if I can dig them up before I leave for the night, but the comments that other senators at the time, there was only like 20 or 30 of them, because it was just the first, the first, the beginning of the union of the republic, the union of the states, which should be independent. But uh, the Judiciary Act of 1789 is where it began, and that's what took our courts pretty much out of common law and set us up under admiralty law, which is arbitrary and nebulous and treats every one of us like we're a conscript in the military or on a naval vessel, and that's how we're being treated. And if you doubt it, look at the flag in most of the courtrooms. has an orange or yellow fringe around the perimeter. looks a little odd, a little different from your typical flag, which is just stars and stripes to the edge. And the flag with the fringe is the admiralty flag, and that's how you're being judged. And when we get into the bonding issue next, I actually use the word admiralty. They use the word admiralty on the Oregon uh, state government website, the law, under laws of admiralty. And they're, not only are they calling all the waterways admiralty, they're calling all the land in between the waterways under admiralty law as well. And that's why we see arbitrary, nebulous, militarized, I call it a, a militarized ecclesiastic court, um, judging people in st- uh, statutory, arbitrary statutes made up by fellow members of the bar um, in violation of common law, which is guaranteed under the Constitution and many other concepts and precepts. And that's so it started in 1789 with the Judiciary Act, and it got worse from there. Uh, we were all basically transferred from free men and free women into citizens, and the word citizen means subject. It does not mean a free individual. And in 1871, after the Civil War, and of course everybody knows about the further progression from there, 1913, and all everything that happened since then, up to the Patriot Act. And now we're in a situation where they've given all the. I mean, there's courts. Look at the FISA court. They, they can just have a government agent come in and say, "We want a blanket warrant. It's got to be general. We don't know who or what we're looking for, but we got an idea. We just want to go in and check it out over there." And the courts, these secretive courts that we have now set up under the national security state that we live under, are issuing all these permission slips to three-letter agencies to do whatever they want to do. And that's not appropriate in a free republic. So we're a a republic, not a democracy, for that very reason. And because people went to sleep and got in a comfort zone and more interested about entertainment or sports or vacations or holidays 
all fine and dandy, but what did we all ever do like for freedom on a regular basis? My favorite old old Battle X radio show host I used to call him when I was younger, uh, always used to say, what will you do for freedom? What are you going to do tomorrow? What did you do yesterday? What do you got planned for next week? We all have to do something, and that's why I'm big on activism. I'd rather help out one person in a court situation uh, than entertain a million people, and that's why your broadcast is so important, Mr. Hagman and Hagman. Um, and Hagman, you have three now. I think it's so awesome you guys got the whole family in on this. It's great. It's really nice to see a family operation, independent media. I mean, what a great example. So I hope people really value this. Um, and I'll try to bring you some good information tonight beyond uh, what we've already talked about. So there's the update on, on Gary. He's going to be sent back to Oregon most likely. Um, and people can find out a little more about his case on our website, courtroomwatch.com or .org, either one. Um, so you important know, that we remember the Gary Hunt. Sure. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt there, but the, the information that he reported on came out in open court. That cannot be stressed enough. And we see that he's being... Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's being oppressed, censored, thrown in jail for refusing to take down something that was revealed in open court. It does not get any more oppressive than that. And, you know, back to what you said about the admiralty laws, uh, a lot of people, it took me a long time to, to even grasp what, what you're saying here. Because we have constitutional law, you know, you hear a lot of the rule of law, the, and then we can get into, you know, um, what's it, the United States versus the United States of America. There's, all these different um, mm-hmm. theories and, and also evidence out there that points to, you know, many different types of court systems and, and legal systems we follow. And it seems like the regular, average, everyday working American citizen gets the short end of the stick on this every time, while the uh, corrupt people in power seem to, uh, you know, never be held accountable for their actions. And maybe in another show we can get into the, the law a little bit more and, and the breakdown of this, but. And this goes back to, you know, your birth certificate and, and you being made merchandise of and property awards of the state, as you said, citizen means subject. And there's a lot there we can get into, but we'll save that for for another time. And, and before you even get back to every, anything else, I just want to let you know we're getting uh, many, 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 we're getting flooded with emails saying that your link to the jury nullification form is coming back with a 404 er- error. So, oh, you've got to be the- kidding me. It's happening again. <laughs> Try uh, try going to the blog. Go, you go to the blog. We had that problem. They may be going to the old jury nullification flyer on documents page. Go to the blog on the home page. If you just scroll down from the original site, you should see uh, jury nullification flyer. Copy this before they block it again, and then click onto okay. the blog. Download it from download it from there. Don't go to the documents page. That's where the old one is. And yeah, they blocked it. They may have blocked us again. In case, in which case, we're going to post it up there again. Do you see how scared they are of jury nullification and the people making the final decision? Yeah, I'm getting. Well, I'm getting a 404 error on that as well. Um, oh, on the on the geez. on the courtroom watch underneath. Yeah. So oh, boy. okay. I apologize for that. Yeah, well, we're, we're to, well, we're gonna, we're going to try again tomorrow <laughs> tonight. Okay. All right. And, and I just want to so, make sure I got that in before you. Uh, so continue. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read it. I've got it written down. It'll only take me probably two or three minutes, not even. I'll make it quick. It says, and people, you can record this broadcast and replay this so you'll have a, a verbal kind of record and you can copy it down at your leisure. And the, the title would be Jury Nullification. It's not, it's, it's your right and your duty. 
So jury nullification, it's your right and your duty. For hundreds of years, jury nullification has occurred when a jury finds a defendant not guilty, even though the defendant may have opposed or rejected the code in question. It is not a violation to oppose or reject an immoral or unconstitutional code. And codes are not law when they are in opposition to the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. It's called the Supremacy Clause. Because the attorneys, judges, and local government make so much money passing unlawful codes and regulations, they continue to invent an illusion of criminal activity where there is none. This court-for-profit eventually destroys freedom in the community. Therefore, it is essential for you, the juror, to realize the importance of your role as the last blocker to a power-hungry court system and as the final enforcer of freedom among the people. Remember two things. Society, or the state, cannot be a victim. It is called a fictitious entity, meaning false or made up. Only an actual living man or woman can claim to be a victim. No victim, no crime. Number two, you are the judge, and the judge is nothing more than a referee with no authority to tell the jury how they can interpret the law. Any judge who instructs the jury is committing jury tampering, a felony. In, most, in almost every case, intimidation uh, is used by the judge to manipulate and control the jury. Do not submit to the unlawful pressure from the judge he or she has a very large financial stake in creating guilty verdicts as the pension funds they rely upon for retirement are heavily invested in the private prison industry. As a juror, you have total immunity to vote your conscience regardless of any threats by the jury tampering judge. Someone's freedom will rest in your hands if you are selected as a juror and it is your right and your duty to judge the law as well as the facts. If the law is wrong, or if no living victim is injured, then the, guilt, then the verdict is not guilty, and freedom wins for everyone, including you, the juror. And then I cite a case, the U.S. versus Doherty, D-O-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y, 1972, quote, the pages of history shine on instance of the jury's exercise of its prerogative to disregard instructions of the judge. U.S. versus Doherty, 1972. So, let's, sh let's add to the list of profit, and Mr. Hagman, you, it, you used the exact words that went through my mind today. It blew my mind because I wanted to do a little more research today to make sure what I was coming on to talk about wasn't, you know, talking out my you-know-what. I actually had some research and took some notes, and I got... And it blew, completely blew my mind. I had heard cases were in court were bonded, and I said, yeah, well, that pretty much makes sense. They make a fiduciary instrument out of every court case, including the small traffic tickets. And can you imagine? I mean, a town that I grew up in, Penfield, New York, had 170 people I heard one night in there, and they were running court five nights a week. This is a small upstate New York suburban town with very low crime. 
So they were just raking people in on minor statutory little code infractions and uh, minor whatever, traffic violations, whatever, you could name it. But nobody a real criminal and no actual victim to any of the crime. And so anyway, I, I, I heard these cases were bonded. And so I figured I'd better look into this. And let me tell you, why don't I start here? Because this will be kind of the, here's an idea of some of the players in what is, and I'll describe it. A bond is taken out on every court case. The court earns all kinds of interest on the bond, and then they sell it by bundling them together into mortgage-backed securities and selling them as mutual fund investments. No joke. And I said, ah, you've got to be kidding me. So I looked into this. Listen to some of the players. Let me just start off by saying this. <clears throat> if you doubt me, look it up. Okay. CCH Insurance Services, the National Association of Surety Bond Producers, the Surety and Fidelity Association of America, the American Institute for Chartered Property Casualty Underwriters, Independent Insurance Agents of America, International Risk Management Institute, the Construction Risk Insurance Specialists, and the Reinsurance Association of America. That's just a thumbnail sketch. So what they're doing is they have a, what's called a uh, bid bond, where it's the initial bid on on a court on a your typical your the fiduciary instrument that has become out of a court case. Then you have a performance bond, which is the basically the insurance policy on the bid bond. And then there's a payment bond. And every single case that comes through the courts is bonded. The court's making a humongous fortune on these bonds because eventually they bundle them together and call it a mortgage-backed security and sell them in, in mutual fund plans. And guess who's buying these? Everyone from Goldman Sachs to the Chinese to the Vatican to the Bank of England to the, you name it, multinational corporations, contractors, entities of not us and what's floating the economy right now. And these are the biggest players. I mean, these are all some of the biggest blocks these are where the money really is. It's in the insurance and the investment industries. Industries They don't produce anything. B business, I guess you could call it. But, I mean, the players in this are, are unbelievable. So it's, you know, uh, let me give you a listen. So here's some references if people want to go check this out. Because we'll start this way, and this will give me some bona fides, and people will know, you know, it's not just me. Suretybonds.org. Listen to this reference questions about DOD performance bonds. Did you get that? Department of Defense performance bonds. They're selling bonds for the Department of Defense on the open market to whoever the highest bidder is. You don't own your DOD anymore, neither does I, neither do the United States people, nothing bond. It, they've already sold it. Questions about DOD performance bonds uh, eligible for standard market rates from 1% to 3% of the bond amount. These codes are issued through the National Motor Freight Traffic Association. NielsenBonds.com, providing the nation's most comprehensive surety bond programs, condo associations, fidelity bonds, construction licensee bonds, consumer credit repair, court bonds, C-O-U-R-T, court bonds, fidelity bonds applications, etc. FreedomSchool.com, bonds that are issued must be indemnified. This is done when the prisoner signs the final court papers at a sentencing hearing. Surety bond on Wikipedia. Judicial bonds arise out of litigation that are posted by parties seeking court remedies or defending against legal action. J. 
Judicial bonds arise out of litigation and are posted by parties. Did you get that, people? Suretyinfo.org. Judicial proceedings court bonds include injunction, appeal, indemnity to sheriff. Did you get that? Judicial proceedings court bonds. It includes injunctions, appeals, indemnity to sheriff. Jallet Insurance specializing in contractor bonds, court bonds, bid bonds, and performance bonds. And so that's just like where you could go to look this up for yourself if you have any questions, folks. But they, there's no question. It's one of the biggest money-making monstrosities, and and the money-making is nothing wrong with that if you're working hard, doing well, and you're 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 you know creating jobs. And I don't begrudge anybody being wealthy. That's great. I wish everybody was. But this these people are not making money on anything righteous or just or anything to do with work. They're turning our flesh and our freedom by dragging us into court, into fiduciary instruments, and bundling them all together and selling it on the open market as a as an investment, long and short. Can you believe no. it? Yeah, no, no, no. no. We, only I, have a, we only have about two minutes left till the break, but I don't understand how. Can, can you can you hang with us for a little while longer? We, I, I, or, or do you, do you, okay, because are you? Well, wait a second. Hold the phone here. You're so somebody gets a bond. Somebody yeah. gets charged. They get a bond. Well, I, I, and those bonds are being traded on the open market. But but, but this is not a uh, this is not a a, a court bond. This is not a uh, an appearance bond. This is not a. Um, They're bonding. You're talking everything. To, if they can get your signature on a piece of toilet paper, they will bond it. No joke. That, this is what they're turning everything. That's why they're so desperate to have that social security number. Because as soon as they can remove your name from it and turn you into a number, it's not attached to you as a human being anymore. And it's the ungodly number that people are selling you as a fiduciary instrument and making millions on you, me, your family, everyone out there listening and not telling us and not educating us and maintaining the knowledge among a very few. A lot of judges are not even taught this. It's only the need to know. When did this start? Uh, this bond, this court bond process. That's a really good question. It looked like it went back to the early 1900s. I found a bond corporation that went back to 1908, I think. So this was like a, right around the time of uh, the Civil War. I think it, it emanated from there forward. 1865, All right. So you're talking. Law, yeah. You, you, go ahead. All right. No. I, yeah. This. Yeah. The Civil War, 1860s. Okay, I got that. All right, so it was around that time. Yeah, around that time, it started really metastasizing into something dictatorial and controlist. Of course, they had the Judiciary Act of 1789 all set up, giving the courts basically, it really comes down to just court to judicial discretion, whatever they want to do. And you add to that the recent, you said, how does this happen before? And I gave you the early, the reason it's still happening is because they're working off that infrastructure that was set up way back then. Before the ink was dry in the Constitution, they had the, the, the Maritime Admiralty Courts set up, so we didn't have a chance from that time forward, and the courts got more powerful from there forward because a lot of it relied on just judicial, arbitrary judicial discretion and judicial edict from the bench, even in defiance of their own precedents and their own court sometimes. I've seen it happen. So once they got in that, that infrastructure set up, it was just a long, slow deterioration into what we have now, and they have what's now is called just judicial procedure law, where the judiciary and the administrative court uh, highest judges in the state will just make up whatever they want, and they don't even pass it in the legislature by statute with an enacting clause. 
they just run it through a college judicial procedure law. They use that on me Eric. to try to prevent the cameras from coming in the courtroom. Eric, hold that thought. We are up against our, our break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking with Eric uh, Jones. He will be with us till the uh, end of the show. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric said. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Caring Close in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We're offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either, but they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues, and so can you. Check out our American Heritage Journeys kit at www.changewithwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless.
And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our final segment on this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our guest is Eric Hughes-Jones. He is the senior editor of court, uh, courtroomwatch.org. Eric, I want to thank you for, for hanging on uh, with us into this segment. Um, we're sitting here in the break scratching our heads wondering, you know, asking a lot of questions back and forth. And this is a an area I've done a lot of research on, but to be honest with you, I have a hard time wrapping my head around some of them. We're over our heads, Eric. Help us out, brother. <laughs> Well, I am yeah. too. We're all in this together. I, this is, I'm just a simple guy. I mean, I just, um, you know, I, but when the research takes me to the biggest players in the world and it's saying, I forgot to read you the best part. Listen to this. This is from surety.info. Judicial and probate bonds, also referred to as fiduciary bonds, secure the performance on fiduciaries' duties and compliance with court order including administrators, executors, guardians, trustees, liquidators, receivers, and masters. Judicial proceedings, court bonds, include injunction, appeal, indemnity to sheriff, mechanics lien, attachment, replevin, and admiralty. Subdivision bonds, license and permit bonds, public official bonds, federal non-contract bonds, miscellaneous bonds. License and permit bonds are required by state or local law to obtain a license or permit to engage in a particular business, i.e. contractors, car dealers, employment agencies, health spas, grain warehouses, etc. So did you get that one? In some places, the state or local law is requiring that people who just operate a small grain warehouse or a health spa have to get a bond to even get the permit to open their business. Right. As a, like I said, oh, they'll try to get you to sign a piece of toilet paper and sell it as a fiduciary instrument. Okay. Now, now help me out. Walk me through this because, as an investigative agency, one of the things I've got we have to do is we have to apply for and receive a, um, a, a surety bond. All right. That, that so we we pay an insurance carrier. I don't know. I don't even know what the premium is. A few hundred dollars per year. Um, to to guarantee or or the insurance company guarantees that we don't that we that essentially we finish we do we perform the services that we claim to perform and if we ever are in violation of that of course a bonding company can step in and make whole the uh, issuing authority as well as the client. Now, I kind of I I understand that from a business perspective, but I don't understand how you could make commerce from lawsuits or oh or or, or a traffic ticket. Yes, yes. Yeah. Be, 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 well, with they, without the knowledge of the. Signed, oh, they know. Go ahead. Yeah. The, well, the now they try to keep the knowledge to a limited few. And that way the word doesn't get out, so to speak, and a lot of people have what's called culpable deniability. So things are compartmentalized and information's tough to find, but with the biggest players and all their, they're right up there in plain sight selling their products. So it's very simple. They, they, they turn a lawsuit or a traffic ticket or a minor drug possession or a non-compliance with the local code, speeding, whatever, name your infraction. And they assign it a, uh, a QCIP number. Which stands for the, uh, where's my definition of QCIP? I gotta look that up. It's a QCIP or an Autotrist number. It's automatic tracking numbers used to track your identity. And the QCIP is, uh, is, stands for Committee on Uniform Securities Identification Process. 
And that's basically your social security number with the dashes, and then the other number is with no dashes. Those are technicalities that we don't need to get, you know, tied up on. Um, but that's how they do it. They assign a number to it, and they just turn it in. They bond it. They turn it into a fiduciary. They write, they take the piece of paper, that little yellow traffic ticket you got. They got a copy, too. And that's what they're turning into very simple. They just take a bond out on that paper. And they've come up, they've legalized the unlawful. They've legalized the scam. Obviously, it's not right what they're doing. Um, and it's deceitful. They're making all kinds of money selling that bond that you take out to do your business. Two things. Number one, it should not be required. If you wanted to do that, God bless you. If you, you should absolutely have nothing to do with requirements because guess what? The insurance companies own the government. They're forcing you to buy their product. It's like Obamacare. I don't believe that you should have to do that. If you wanted to, great. It's free, free, you know, freedom. Go for it. But it should not be required. And the second thing is, they're trading that bond on the open market from one entity back to another and making all kinds of money on that bond, on your trade name, so to speak, um, on the open marketplace. And they call it mortgage-backed securities and mutual fund investments. This is what's floating the entire economy right now. This is why the courts are so desperate to suck in anybody and everybody they can. I talked to somebody who worked on the inside for the state of Virginia. And she left because it was so ungodly corrupt. She said, "She said they, the insider term that they use it's called protracting, and if they, that means dragging it out as long as possible. And these these bonds on these cases accrue all kinds of interest along the way. It gives them more time to trade them, and uh, it's it's just completely it's it's not that difficult for them to do. They just had to pass a few statutes that says it's okay." What do you think the attorneys in the legislature are going to do? You don't really get to be any part of the three branches of government unless you're an attorney now. It's very rare, or a big businessman. And I, and I wish this wasn't true, because we need some average, ordinary people. I'd rather have just the farmer up the road running this nation with common sense than the, 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 you know, the control freaks and the, the world globalists that are in there in both political parties. And may I remind people, very important to remember, that while we're on both political parties, are not parties anymore. They're corporations, and it's, there's it's absolute. It's an absolute. There's no so. There's anybody who tells you it's a political party is either mistaken. They haven't realized yet what's happened, or they're working for the enemy. If they're in the system, they know full well. People at the highest level know what's going on. They've incorporated not only the political parties. They've incorporated your local town and state government. That's how they're getting away with it. Um, is is the fact that this is the ramification of letting your government become incorporated. Once they became an incorporation, and look it up, I doubted it. I said, I looked it up, Monroe County Sheriff's Department, Monroe County, New York. I went to Manta, yep, inco- privately incorporated in 1980-something, letters of incorporation unknown. <laughs> and they were right on lines admitting that they are incorporated. So once you incorporate a governmental entity, it no longer exists to serve the people. It's not going to. It's now a private corporation. It's going to sell shares in itself to foreign investors. It's going to make fiduciary instruments out of everything they can do, especially the courts. And it's going to exist to not serve the people anymore. It's going to exist to serve itself. And that's where we stand right now with the self-serving government and the self-serving court, privately incorporated, operating as a private entity. They're like, hey, we're a corporation now. We legalized it. If the people are too stupid to figure it out, well, screw them. I mean, that's their attitude, and that's really wrong because we're not supposed to spend our whole lives chasing around corrupt government, you know, <laughs> representatives, for lack of a worse word. But, uh, it, yeah, we, that shouldn't be our full-time occupation. We should be able to enjoy life, have positive things, enjoy our marriage, our farm, our life, our business, occupation, hobbies, whatever. 
but they got us so comfortable in that comfort zone that now we've let some really serious trouble get in place, and it's time to to try to reverse it. Um, we're not revolutionaries; we're restorationists. We want to turn it turn back a lot of this modern tyranny. Um, you know, that's why I don't like people using the word Trump revolution. I mean, if it's what it, we want it to be, it should be a restoration. So I want to make sure we're not called revolutionaries or anything like that. It would not be accurate and it would not be right. So, but remember people, the Democrat corporation, Republican national corporation, Trump knew this when he came in. He knew he was coming on to be a CEO of a private corporation called the Republic, the United States of America which is also incorporated, and the Republican National Committee, which is a corporation. Now, everything's incorporated. That's the problem. Your local town court's incorporated. Most of your counties are incorporated. Almost all your little towns are incorporated. There's a few that are not scattered throughout the country, but generally speaking, the vast majority of towns, counties, and state governments, as well as the federal, are all private corporations now. They, they, they turned our government into a business is what they did and this is why it drives me nuts when people say the country needs to be run like a business no it doesn't it needs to be run like a public service that's why we used to call them public servants because it's supposed to be a service to the people and do do you know get pay i don't mind if they get paid a lot of money that's great if they're doing good work i'd love to have a good solid making to help them invest and rebuild and make society better the society the fictitious entity called society the infrastructure is broken down now completely. None of the money is going back into our, our country. It's all it's all basically trickling up. That's why I say there's nothing. There's no such thing as trickle down economics. It looks like trickle up economics to me, um, unless you're working for the system. So back to the courts. Um, you know they're requiring bonds to open a, a a health spa or a grain warehouse. I mean that's absurd. And then selling them on the open market as mortgage-backed securities. And people can look this stuff up on the Internet. I gave you all the websites earlier. But it's it's so important that we don't give the enemy the language. We are, we are a republic, not a democracy. Society cannot be a victim. It's a fictitious entity. Um, no victim, no crime. Uh, the jury has every right to ignore the instructions from the judge. So it's it's going to take courage and activism for people to affect any type of restorational change, you know, change for the for the better, but kind of in a, in with an eye on. Look, if Trump just went in there and started repealing everything, that's what needs to be done. I mean, there's nothing I want him to do going forward with giving us more programs and more stuff. That's just bigger government, and that's socialism, and that's communism. Um, you know, a lot of the things Jeff Sessions does, I'm not against it because he's too conservative. He's too liberal. The drug war is highly communistic, and it's leading to a lot of these court cases. The courts are overflowing with drug cases from people who really didn't hurt anybody. They just got possession of a small amount of drugs. Maybe that happens two or three times, and then you're in big trouble. And all of a sudden, the courts are full. They're making tons of money. The private prisons are making tons of money, incarcerating. The judges' pension funds making a ton of money. Um, at the expense of the people. So I, you know, I would like to see just everything just start to get repealed, including the three-letter agencies, most of these statutes that claim that society can somehow be a victim. I mean, heck, I had an agent of the state, a former parole officer, tell me that it really drove him nuts, and he didn't like it when on the police report where it would say victim, and then there was a little space where you write in the name of the person who was the victim, the police officers or whoever the trooper would write in society, 
<laughs> that fictitious entity we were just talking about earlier. And he even worked for the state, and he said, you know, that's not right. The society cannot be a victim. And he said that before I brought up any of this stuff, so he was already thinking that, you know, and that, so we got to talking for a long time. But he, he worked in the system and didn't like it. So, And that's one of the problems is a lot of the good people in the system are being put out to pasture, retired early, sometimes threatened, and we're winding up with the most, you know, let's say dic- tyrannical and dictatorial and oppressive, you know, local regime, regimes at the local basis. Um, I don't know about you guys, but right now I worry a lot more about our own government and the aggression against people like Gary Hunt, Pete Santilli, Clive and Bundy still go up on a train. He's been in jail. His, his, the women are running the farm and trying to go back and forth to prison to visit Clive. Remember Clive and Bundy, the cattle standoff. I mean, this is why I, I, the court's so important that people pay attention to the courts. This is where it finally all comes down to play. Sure, they got their cattle back and he walked away a free man, but then they scooped him up a couple years later and now he's facing major charges. They haven't let him out of jail. He's sitting in there as if he were a violent criminal. Nobody was hurt in that taking back of that cattle in Nevada. It was completely victim. What a great victory. What a great, great, uh, it reflected so well on the Patriots. Nobody fired a shot. Nobody got hurt, except a few of the people on our side who got slammed around by the government agents. So, once again, no victim, no crime. Let Clive and Bundy out. Come on, Mr. Trump, Mr. Sessions. Clive and Bundy has to go go home. He made a stand on forget, taking his private property back from government agents who had stolen it. And they were killing the cows on the spot. I mean, he took back his own property from an out-of-control government, and now we're going to let him rot in the, in the court and in jail. It's so many fair-weather patriots, and this is why, once again, back to the beginning, I encourage people to be an activist. You have to care about people you've never met before, because guess what? If they're not free, you're not free. Very well said. Um, Eric, is there any way that people can come out from under this? Um, anything that an individual can do to remove that is part of the court process for whatever reason to remove themselves from from being set up to be made money? Well, off? And, and isn't that isn't that the sovereign citizen? Go ahead. It's it's difficult to remove your quote unquote remove yourself from the system on an individual basis. Anything you do with the courts has to require groups of people and activism. That's why I'm so big on the courtroom observers. If you got to go to court, make sure you got a group of people, friends and family, even if it's for something small. It makes a really big statement, and they won't be able to erase the record if you say something like, "Where's the proceeds from my performance and payment bond, Judge? I need to see those records before we can go any further." This case is bonded. I need to send you the, the, the information and the pro- profits and proceeds from the bid bond, the performance bond, and the payment bond, please. And I'm here to close, to, to have the charges deducted from my account and close my account. And notice how when you go to court, you're not accused. You're charged. You're charged with this. You're charged with that. The charges are, those are monetary charges. They never use the word accused. You see how we got to take back the language? You should only be in court if you're accused of doing something. They're not. They're coming there and they're charging you. And they say charges, and they got people to think that a charge is the same as a criminal accusation. It's nothing of the sort. So it's so important that we get to take the language back and don't let them start brainwashing us into believing society can be a victim or any of this other stuff. So and what can people do? you got to do it in numbers if you're going to try to do it. Um, getting out of the, It's more important that you take try to educate your neighbors and try to, on the larger scale, try to take back your county, and the first thing you'd have to do is unincorporate. That would be number one. Um, there is a movement called the self-governing county. You only need 2,500 acres, which is four square miles of land, 
to create your own county. You file a charter with the Secretary of State, and your charter says we are a constitutional common law county. Uh, you know, spell it out. No victim, no crime. There won't be any drug war in this county. There won't be any taxes or a need for a driver's license. Uh, set out the parameters. If it's not extremely oppressive on any race of people, I mean, the, the, who's going to argue with it? You're just exerting your freedom. Four square miles, you could get 20 farmers with a couple hundred acres each and come up with that land. It doesn't have to be in a circle or a square. It could be strung out like a finger, uh, and, but as long as it's connecting. And start your own county. It's called the self-governing county. We're going to be introducing some more information on that on the website in coming coming weeks. We can talk about that in another, you know, you raise the peace flag instead of the wartime flag or the admiralty flag, and you set your charter and you duly file it, and you elect a constitutional sheriff, because the sheriff, now this is according to LegalDictionary.com, the sheriff is the chief peace officer in a county or subdivision, period. It doesn't say except if the state police come around and, oh, but those feds are higher and the CIA is the highest, They've built this pyramid of obedience that they've, tried, they've taken reality and flipped it upside down. Once again, like your son said, upside down. That's exactly what they've done. The sheriff is the chief peace officer in a county or subdivision. It is up to him if a federal agency comes in and pushes people around. And many sheriffs around the country have stood up to the feds, and I think it's called the Tenth Amendment Center has example after example of that, and I can give you those later, but it'll take up too much time for what we're doing now. But bottom line is the power rests in the courts. Don't go to court alone. Go with a group of people, no matter what it's for. Require they give you the, the information, profits, and proceeds on the performance payment bond. Oh, and how about that 1099 tax form that you filed, Judge, on that money that you just made? You know they're not filing and paying the taxes on that money. So these are the interesting things you could bring up in court. Be professional and be polite. Don't contempt the court. Don't argue and use crazy words. We're professional. Activism requires a delicate dance. You want to do as much as you can without going so far that you're going to get yourself locked up. So I encourage people to do, once again, something they can do if we can get it posted up again, and we will. Be persistent, people. They're hoping you're going to drop it and go away and say, oh, we just can't get it that flyer. Keep going back to courtroomwatch.com until that flyer is up there and reposted. We'll have it back up probably before the night is over. My friend Daniel, I think, is listening right now, and we'll get on that right away. But uh, look what happens. Twice now, we've put a jury nullification flyer up online, and both times they blocked it to a 404 error. And it's not our fault because we keep redoing it. But we're going to do it again. So I encourage people to stay determined. Freedom is not free. you got to do something for freedom almost every day or at least a couple times a week. I mean, keep a stack of jury nullification flyers on the seat front seat of your car. I read it in this broadcast earlier tonight. Replay it, write it down, print it out, and take it out to the streets. The best place to go and the best time, once again, if you want to have really effective activism and affect solutions in your community, is call the courthouse, ask them when jury selection day is, go there that morning, pass it out to everybody in line just before the doors of the courthouse open, and let them get educated. Don't bring up any particular specific cases and names because they'll say you tainted the jury pool. Just pass out that flyer. It's very general. It doesn't talk about any names or specific cases. It just gives them the comfort that they know they can do the right thing and with a clear conscience send somebody home, even if they technically broke the statute. So, And don't submit to the fear from the judge. That's probably the most important thing I, I think anybody ever told me. An old woman in Oregon told me, she said, don't submit to the fear. 
and and uh, and that's got to be our our attitude because once we submit to the fear, and if you're too scared to pass out flyers, well, heck, you don't have any business complaining about you know just be a slave and enjoy it. Man, how far have we gone? Eric, we only have a few minutes left. Wow. I want to ask you this: You mentioned the sheriffs, and I believe that it's still the same here in Pennsylvania. Is this why sheriffs have had certain arrest powers taken away from them, or at least allowed that to to happen? Because I believe in here in Pennsylvania, they don't have powers of arrest unless they have a warrant. But that's changed. Okay, I th- and it's county by county, I believe. Yeah, there's um, nothing to, to yeah, well, they, they, give an indicator that. The state has no right, what lawful right, to take the power away from the sheriff, and they've tried to do that by state statute, I believe, successfully in Connecticut, which apparently has no more sheriffs. They only have state police and local code enforcement agents, and that is a nightmare for free people because it that was a very, very, very bad precedent. So I highly encourage people, get your county unincorporated, um, make sure you always retain your sheriff, Make sure that sheriff is talking about constitutional restrictions on government warrants. If you got an arrest, you better like your better have a warrant. Um, if you want to steal private property, respect people's private property. The counties have no lawful right. I don't care what they passed in the legislature to steal people's private homes that have been in their family for decades under these bizarre and absurd tax foreclosures. That's not. Think about that. People are losing their homes, their farms, having to move, sell out of state, move into a little apartment because they can't afford the property taxes. Are you kidding me? This country was founded on a tax revolution and private property rights. Where have we, like you just said, where, how far have we have gone? So I'm encouraging everybody to become an activist, do something, get out of the feel-good frame of mind. It's not really comfortable at times, it's, but guess what? The truth will set you free, and once again, you'll feel really good if you help one person it's better than entertaining a million people or making a million dollars. So that's what we try to do as activists is just help one case at a time. Don't get overwhelmed with the fight to, you know, restore the freedom, so to speak. Um, pass a few pliers out here. Keep a stack on your car. Post them at the coffee shop. Student union bulletin boards at the universities is a great idea. Send out emails to the libertarian organizations at every college. Let them know about the organizations that you like. If you enjoy courtroom watch, great, or whatever your thing is. Get it out there. Start networking. You the younger people there listening, use your social networking skills to spread the word of freedom. Get the word out there. Hey, let's take the language back from the communists who are occupying our country. Um, and I know it goes higher than that up to the globalists, but let's just for the lack of a better word. Uh, you know, and get the word out there and use your creative skills, whatever you have. You know, you can make some phone calls, you can send emails, you can post flyers, but everybody has to be an activist or we're in big trouble. They just locked up multiple reporters like Gary Hunt. For for doing for posting public information that was already out there, so anyway, we got 500 people at right at the beginning to uh, post it as well, and they can't get, come get 500 people, and I'm sure that's up to thousands now because everybody I know has been posting and reposting and reposting. There's no way they can get us all. So once again, you got to get over the fear, have some courage. Winston Churchill said uh, he said uh, he did some things I did not like. Okay, he's not my favorite, but he had one good, and he said courage is the foremost of all the virtues, for without it, you may never get to experience any of the others. <laughs> Amen to that. Eric Hughes-Jones, you've brought us to the end of the program. i got to tell you, this has been an education, um, a, a pleasant education. Well, 
and education. This is amazing to hear uh, everything you said. And, and this started out with Gary Hunt, his um, incarceration, or a journalist being... Being, um, yeah, I, I was. I saw the word that you used, kidnapped. I, I guess by uh, truly that, that that is the case. My word, my word. It really is. It's very sad. Wow. And so people, Dude, this you know, is try amazing. to care about this. This is if if once again the most important thing. Don't submit to the fear. And if they're not free, we are not free. So help, help, help try to help everybody and keep carrying your prayers. And uh, we'll have information posted up there. Make some phone calls. Send some emails on his behalf saying, you know, this is an unlawful. You cannot legalize the unlawful and start arresting Patriot reporters. This is obviously becoming a pattern. And uh, we encourage everybody to support what the Hagman's do and what I do. And uh, thank you, everybody. Are, are you, great, great, you, great time. You, I appreciate it. You're not an attorney, right? You're, you're not an attorney? No. Are you? No, just a okay. researcher. Uh, doggone it, uh, the doggone good one, let me tell you. It, it, this is fascinating. And I just got a note from John. Uh, He'll be real, joining real us quick, again on 17th real quick. of April. I was, thinking of, I was thinking about taking the bar exam, but I, from what I understand, the three tenets of the, the New York bar that you have to swear to is, number one, protect the judge, number two, protect the opposing attorney, and number three is serve the client. You're last on the list, and so I kind of like, I don't know <laughs> if I want to take that off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Wow. And you're you're coming back with us, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Hughes Jones will be back with us later in the month. I just want to say thank you so much. What an education! And I guarantee you, a lot of people are going to be digging around saying, "Wow, this can't be right," in their heads, you know. But uh, yeah, they will. But thank you, thank you, my brother, for for getting the word out. And for being the patriot that you are, we really appreciate you, and we appreciate your gift of time tonight. Well, thanks for the place to be able to put this out to the public, and I really appreciate what you guys do. Thank you again. Wow. Well, we can't wait for you to come back, and it's going to be a it's going to be a blast. In the meantime, folks, um, wow! Again, I'm, my head is spinning right now. But Eric Hughes Jones can be reached at courtroomwatch.org or through courtroomwatch.org. Uh, hey, I was Clifton Springs, New York. You, that's where you're at, right? Well, that's where I just moved from, and I picked up a little lot out in the country because I wanted to get out, kind of to the woods, and have a little, you know, a little more of a, a little more country lifestyle than I had before. So uh, I'm living out in the okay. hills, northern Appalachia, western New York, and uh, it's it's nice enough. But of course, we do the battle with tyranny everywhere. We'll get into that yeah, later. Absolutely. Tonight. All right, brother. Thank you so very much. God bless you. Stay safe, and uh, we'll be directing people to your website uh, throughout uh, until your next appearance with us. Thank you again for your gift. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, you everybody. Right. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. Joe, that was a fascinating interview, man. That, that, the information there. I, I Look, I've got a 30 years' experience and an equal number of years in the courtroom are you telling me, did I hear him right? You heard him right. Yeah, it's very strange. Oh, and talking, okay. you and me talking off air, I told you I spent hours and hours looking at this stuff. Probably multiple, uh, probably spent, you know, a few weeks research looking at this throughout the years we've been on air. It's very confusing. I still don't understand it. I understand basically what they're saying. 
and that they're making money off of us and, and uh, you know, from our birth to our death and how they do it and, you know, the, the admiralty laws and what laws are this is, are we under? Are we a, a corporation? It's very technical, oh, but it also it, it opens the doors to a number of explanations of why things happen the way they do, contrary to the laws we were set up to uh, be governed by. And we'll have some good questions for April 17th when he comes back. Yeah. Now, folks, keep your eyes on um, the surveillance issues. Remember what I said uh, last week, uh, 10 days ago. Things will be coming out of Washington that's just going to make your socks roll up and down. This is part of it. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Please support our sponsors. Remember Hagman Marketplace, rolling that back out again. God bless you. Please stay safe. Thank you, Global Star. Thank you, John. Thank you, J.D. God bless you.